0: Black Jack with Griffin and David. Black Jack with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Black Jack.
1: They were all drawn to the podcast. The soldiers who brought death. The father and daughter fighting for life. The people who have always feared it and the one man who knows its secret. Tonight, they will all face the podcast. Uh, so you're just doing the poster.
2: Look how much fucking so, tagline yeah, there is on this poster. It's
3: a hefty tagline
2: with a tiny little tagline at the bottom.
1: Right. So that's why I did the double podcast because I felt like I have to read all three of these. There's like all caps tagline at the top, then a fucking paragraph text block, then a little tagline at the bottom. So I was like, let's, let's work too two podcasts they're doing anything they can to get people to care about this movie by the time that poster is being designed i mean what what also an obtuse bunch of words on that poster
3: yeah let me look at this again
1: Um, they were all uh, drawn to the keep the soldiers who fought death the father and daughter fighting for life the people who have always feared it and the one man who knew its secret tonight they will all face the evil i mean you know that kind of makes it sound like a fairly normal monster movie right I mean, it is
3: a-
2: accurate, yeah. like
1: largely. Yeah,
3: you know, it's basically telling you what's the plot. Basically. The IMDb quotes page is weirdly stacked. I know, but I, I'm not going to read any of those. I mean, what? I mean, they're not. I'm you're right. They're not like yeah. good quotes, but they're they're there.
1: Right, but considering like what was the movie we covered, the Holiday, where it had like zero quotes on the page or something. The Holiday. One really? of the Nancy Myers movies. Okay. It wasn't okay. the Holiday, but no. one of the Nancy Myers movies. We were befuddled that it truly. Did not have a quotes page. Oh, it was Home Again. Home Again, sure, right. Uh, uh, one of the Hallie Shire Myers right. uh, movies. But uh, the, the fucking, uh, the keep uh, IMDb quotes page is just essentially a fucking full transcript of the script. Sure. Full dialogue. And what truth do you see? What are you discovering about yourself, Camfer, huh? I murder all these people, therefore I must be powerful. And you smash them down only because that raises you. I mean, this goes on for sentences. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. A lot. Michael Mann just sat down and wrote all that. Yeah, well, he wrote three times that. Yeah, sure. That's the crazy thing. Did you, I was like digging into this. It's like, man, it's so weird. This feels like such a first movie. Yeah. This kind of like horror movie that doesn't really like. Uh, come together together, that doesn't have any clarity of of vision or purpose in the way the thief did and it's weird for him to make like a a 95 minute movie because that's so unlike him and then you find out he delivered a 210 minute movie and they were like cool threw half of it out released it in theaters
2: and he disowned it I never ever believe things like that when I read them. Right, right. right. There is no such thing as a 210-minute cut of a movie. That, like, Hollywood would ever release. Like,
1: unless there's, like, You think that was, like, his assembly. You don't think he was presenting that as a
2: formal cut. I think you see statistics like that. I
3: made two. I made one movie before. Remember, I made Thief. Anyway, you gotta release this thing. It's four hours long. You
2: (laughs) see statistics like that entirely too often. Sure. And it's always some staggering number. And unless there's a very clear source on that, Right. Where it's like, yes, the script was 300 pages long. Yeah. They greenlit that. And then the cut (laughs) was the right length of time and they butchered it. Yeah. Like once upon a time in America. But when you hear something like that for this and like you look on Wikipedia and every citation of it just goes to like the same thing. Uh Uh-huh. Like how do, how can there be a, Two hundred and ten minute, like well edited, well paced cut of this movie.
1: Look, I don't think it's well edited, well paced. This movie does feel like half of it's missing.
3: The movie certainly could have been longer than ninety six minutes. There's no question. Right. This feels like there's a happy compromise somewhere in there, right? I read something
2: that said that his goal was two hours. That makes sense.
1: That makes sense. I just think this movie feels like the pre restoration Metropolis. Where the only way you could watch it was with, like, inner titles that would come up and be like, so we lost these 20 minutes and here's vaguely what happened for four scenes in a row. It does feel- like Metropolis would just explain to you the movie
4: you weren't watching. Wait, that happened? I've never heard this before.
1: Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Yeah, I've
4: seen the movie.
1: Right. For a long time was just, like, only existed in short forms. And then Kino Lorber in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s was Uh like, we're going to try to remaster, like, restore it as best possible and they had a bunch of inner titles that were like so here's a whole sequence that we lost (laughs) and they just like explain what happens to try to give you the full sense of the narrative and everyone thought that was the best it was going to be and then like 10 years ago someone fucking found it right someone found it in like their dad's attic and they were like he has a 16 millimeter print of the full
2: metropolis and it exists now the good the the other one of those is the dvd of lost horizon yes right yeah which has like Photographs taken on set with on-screen text explaining what's in the script at that time because scenes were lost. To the uh,
1: Horizon. There's a movie that was uh, no one like that. It was
2: the sequel. Lost
3: Horizon is a 210-minute movie. Like that oh, is actually one of like the original. Yes, that I believe. Concept. Right, right.
2: But right, that's right. also at a time where you would buy that.
1: Of course, right. Uh, there was a, uh, a Universal tried to make a sequel to All Quiet in the Western Front. Sure. In All the Quiet 40s. In the it was, I think, supposed to be called the Unknown. <laughs> that <looks like> that. <laughs> okay, I believe sure. it was called the Unknown, and vague. it was from the German perspective. Oh, so like a letters from Iwajima deal, right. right? And then uh, World War II happened, uh-huh. and Universal like, was like, <laughs> guh, 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 guh. so they like shit can the movie, and maybe they like re-edited it and retitled it and put it in some weird form and some butchered form and released I'm look it. Look up. But it was one of these things that like people were trying to find forever. Because there were like, there was some finished movie that never got released. And Scorsese was like trying really hard to find it for the Film Foundation. And they ended up finding it when like some guy in like Prague or whatever, like, you know, a projectionist who owned a local movie theater, his daughter was going through his like warehouse after he died. And they found a canister that said unknown on it. And she assumed it was like, this is just some unknown, unidentified footage. And then she took it out and it was like, oh, that's why no one ever found this because it's called unknown. People just threw it out Hmm. because they assumed it was like odds and ends. So I make fun of nerds, but
4: hey, you know. Kind of a cool story. Kind of a cool story. Kind of a cool story. Collectors. Yeah. They they buy this stuff. They hide it away. Right. And then you you continue to have it be in culture. Well,
1: it's supposed to be like the first uh, 70 years of uh, film, uh, people didn't like put any effort into preserving things. Sure. So it was all like nerds, you know? It was like theater owners and like collectors and these people who just like bought shit in bulk. And anytime they've like discovered something they thought was lost, it's because of that. It's not because the studio found it in their closet. Right. Like those studios couldn't burn those things fast
2: enough. <laughs> How much time during your Michael Mann series will would be talking about like, Alternate versions. I mean, like, fucking, I mean, well, here's the answer. In In the main
1: release versions of our episodes, not at all. In our uh, remastered definitive cuts of our episodes that we will, uh, the, t- two weeks after each Michael Mann episode, we are going to re-release the episode with a changed order an expanded scene. That would, that that's would, my joke. It's up to us. That I don't would know. be Great. It's a fine joke. That would Fuck be, yeah. it is a joke <laughs> Excuse appropriately, me. It's appropriately, appropriately courageous. Right?
4: And I'm not doing that.
1: You're not doing it. Of course okay. you're not doing it. But I'm going to say this right now. <laughs> I'm going to say this right now because we've talked about this.
3: What, what about on the Black Hat episodes? Can we all wear black hat? Yeah, we can all wear okay, black thank
1: hat. thank you. Uh, I want to say this right now.
4: Mm-hmm. And fingerless gloves.
1: Uh, okay. Because we're hackers. We're going to hack. Sure. sure. Um, ben thinks Black Hat is hackers. Um, yeah, right, he thinks it's just like the, the movie movie. and Jolie and Ben right. looks like I just told him that his dog died <laughs> Santa doesn't exist yeah, yeah. he's despondent all he's right, staring wh- all the time. what were you gonna say I've said this to you guys in private but I wanna put this on the record if we ever do Peter Jackson mm. we are releasing mainline main oh you wanna do
3: extended editions
1: for the Patreon
3: I mean, okay.
2: Regular length. Is it the same episode just with stuff added throughout? It would have to
3: be. That would be the format, right? It's like the same episode, just, but then we go on a few extra tangents. We'll have tangents. It'll be much
1: like the Lord of the Rings 16 editions. None of it's essential.
2: But then it all is like a nice added world building flavor. But then the the actual episodes are, you know, much like the theatrical cut, something no one really needs anymore. Well,
1: I mean, that's uh, maybe this is the best business strategy for our Patreon anyone's ever come up with. You but they're like crying a fool out loud. Listen to theatrical
2: versions. There will be no actual Michael Mann remixes. Ben, come on. I mean, Ben, come on. There's one for almost every movie, isn't there? Yeah. And a lot of times for him, it's not just making things
1: longer, it's also like changing the order. So you could just like pick a couple of our little tangents and switch around when they happen.
3: Ben, ben <laughs> you can't <laughs> be upset about this one. Jax is not
4: even
1: like. On the horizon
4: this year. No, we're year. talking about man, though. Now, oh, oh, Jesus! He's doing the man definitive. Editions. I will compromise. I will do it for one. Episode. For one,
1: okay, we can pick one. Mm-hmm. And for one on the Patreon, we'll release. Oh
4: my God! The All definitive mixed up edition. Up
1: and yeah. Great.
3: Well, I mean, really, you just have to move like something at the end to the beginning, right? right? And then, like, and then. Have in like extra you tangent. have to make
2: the opening song way worse. Exactly. Right. You have to right. cut in some bad we'll like bit. Yeah.
3: A cover of a Phil Collins song by a new metal band, something like that. We'll do it for which is the one he's fucked with the most? Miami Vice. He fucks with it all the time.
2: You think he's fucked with that more than Mohiki? Well, he released
3: like three different cuts of Miami Vice, and like none of the first one was the good one.
2: Right? I'm not aware My, of there being subsequent ones. I would have guessed I remember Manhunter one- hadn't. Many cuts. See, I'm, I'm Man less Hunter, aware of Manhunters'
3: Man mess because Miami Vice he released the director's cut and okay. it was ruinous, especially before the internet because you couldn't get the regular cut for a while. It but was a lot hard. Of people
2: liked that cut. No, more. the
1: director's cut
3: sucks. Okay. Anyone who likes it is a thief. I've never and seen. A liar. I've only seen. Alex, theatrical. what do you think of the director's cut?
2: Uh, I never saw because everyone because everyone who loved Miami Vice yes. upon release was very excited about it and then immediately the word was don't watch yeah, it. You
3: turn it on and you're like, oh shit, why'd he do this? Like, you know, wow. like, I love that movie yeah. and then he doesn't change much but he changes a song Okay,
2: and he puts in a worse, like way right. worse. Well, like, I mean, you guys will obviously uh, we'll talk get about into this at this. length sure. but you know, like it, one of the best things about that movie and kind of that movie is like an end to how to talk about Michael Mann I think yes. in the present is like, this long, silent shootout at the end. Yeah. Yes, which yes. Which has a song in it in the director's cut. He puts, like, a cover of In the Air Tonight over that. Right, right. By, like, yes. Power Man 5000. Yes, I remember <laughs> hearing about <that.
3: laughs> By, like, a guy who got fired from Audio Slave, or what is like That wasn't, was like Michael Mann's vibe in wasn't the 2000s. The
1: trailer for Miami Vice scored <laughs> I like to a the uh, uh, Jay Z like in Parks. the movie in the begins with right, Namunkar. Right, right. I mean, then the right.
2: greatest opening of yes. a movie, I think, of my lifetime. Correct. I showed that in the one time I taught at NYU with yeah. Griffin's father. I showed that opening scene and I was like, this is the greatest beginning of a movie that's been done in the last 20 years. These two minutes are. I have only seen it the one time when it came out in theater.
3: How have you not seen it 100 times?
1: I don't know. Pervert. Look, we'll never talk about it on the show. (laughs) Winky winky. My new bit now is I say we're never going to talk about movies that we've already announced we're going to talk about. That's a great, that's a great bit. Right? I'm I'm just going to call out the bit right now. I'm going to dissect the frog. I'm done hinting about things that people have surmised we're going to do. I, I'm now hinting about things that they know we're going to do. So he messed with Manhunter And we confirmed. A lot. I feel like Manhunter has two or three cuts. Because I, I feel like with Heat, he, he yeah. would just
3: like add little, you know, he would beef mm-hmm. it out slightly, right? Like every every
1: new version changed of it. Heat. The newest version of it, he's like changed some shit. He's really? like used some alternate takes to change some order. Mm. There's the definitive edition that just came out like a year or two ago.
2: But crucially, and I think this is like relevant, like the Keep is... Untouched, right? And according to right. what I looked at, he up, just threw up his hands. There's just no right. way to do it, but yeah, I don't it's know. weird that it feels like
1: the one he would most want to come out with his own version. I, think I he wonder would that. you would need the,
3: millions of dollars. I think you'd need to, like, yeah, do whole like, visual yeah. effects and sequences. According to what
2: I was reading, he seems to have said, like, it's just not possible I'm There's done. not right. the material. Yeah. But talking about him, and you're obviously, I, I'm excited to be here at the beginning. You're of, here at the beginning, well, of course. What I, mean, I view as a very important
1: miniseries because this is a blank check. Podcast about filmographies. Directors have massive success on their career. Give a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they keep. Maybe. Sometimes they, get out! Get
3: out! I don't know. Protsky. Uh, sometimes they drink a dog's blood for no reason in the middle of the movie.
1: Protsky. I was like, "Where is Protsky going to show up in this movie?" He's in the opening credits, and sure. I didn't realize he was the guy with the big bushy black beard. The guy with beard. the big beard, yeah, yeah. It was like almost unrecognizable. He's got a big beard. He's got a big beard, uh, and he's also such a uh, white-haired man. That's true. I was not used to seeing him with that much color in his face. That's true. It's amazing <laughs> he was on the films of Michael Mann. We talked
3: about Protsky for like forty-five million. It was minutes mostly the a Protsky. I
2: mean, there's such a company of actors in his movies. Yes, yes. Especially, like, the first decade. Mm -hmm. Uh, Main series is called
1: Cast the the (laughs) Right. Subtitle, Michael Mansplaining. Right. And our guest today is Alex Ross Perry. That's right. And... Director of Her Smell. That's right.
3: Um, Still
2: still in theaters? Fingers uh, crossed. When's this coming out?
1: Uh, May 19th.
3: Let's say yeah. Yeah. It's a month out. Right? a month later. It
2: might be digitally Mm. nearing by then.
3: Well, your window, you got a thirty day window on the Digitally that one. Yeah.
2: crowning. Like sort of new in between of neither day and date nor ninety days.
3: Is that is, so that's allowed? You can do a I don't know. Do anything anyway, No one cares anymore about how windows. movies are released. Well, doesn't AMC and Regal care? Isn't that the whole well, fucking do. problem? Right, yeah, yeah, but we, do. Won't, we won't be do No, you're of not. Those. Right. You're not doing but, but that. But
1: like right. You know, they, it's always been this thing of like, well, the indie distributors can do whatever they want if they're avoiding the multiplexes because they're not fighting with like AMC and Regal to preserve a window. I had a pop up ad yesterday for uh uh isn't it romantic sure the, uh, the, rebel, the rebel wilson, wilson rom-com uh, uh available on uh digital and that movie came out valentine's day true and at the time we were recording this episode it is march 28th 27th sure it's the end of march yeah yeah, yeah. that's fair I and they were know. like available march 30th and i was like that's six so that's 45 weeks.
3: days that's a 45 that's day 45
1: window. days and they're like mm-hmm. it's coming out on blu-ray mid-April. Maybe New Line has some... I don't fucking know. I don't know. It just feels like no one's protesting that. You know what was the only Who's thing about protest? this? That that's was my point. <laughs> the way- <laughs> they always have these big like fights in advance of the subject being brought up. Did you read? And then the New Line
2: just does it and no one gives a shit. No one cares at all. Did no. you read the thing that Soderbergh kept saying recently where he said that there has to be a system in place to by the end of a disastrous opening weekend just press a button and have the movie be... Yes. That's yeah, the that's he said that to me. Well, in my interview go. he said oh, it to okay. a few people. Okay, I heard yes. him say it on a podcast. Okay, yes. no, bit. you're right. He said it on someone's podcast. Retired bit, retired but, um, but that's that's the, s- that's bit. But it's my new bit. That's the smartest the way. thing anyone said. Right. About I'm saying retired bit
1: when I want to say the retired bit.
3: Where it was that thing where like he was basically like, I know on Friday if it worked or
2: not. And that, and if yeah. it didn't work, yeah. I should
3: be able to just put it on. We don't Netflix have to wait ninety days week. to sell yeah.
2: people a movie that bombed. Right,
3: right. because Man's it's profit. Like, he's basically almost saying like it's almost rude to theaters to say like. You have to still play unsane. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of like I get it. They didn't like it, forget it.
1: But the other thing is, like sometimes something does surprisingly well in theaters. You don't want to like completely bypass the process because there are certainly movies that people don't expect to last more than a week that end up having like robust uh you know sort of indie what are you runs. Of? Uh funny Marty? <laughs> black hat no you know what's when I remember uh, uh, Arbitrage a movie that I Arbitrage Arbitrage,
2: Arbitrage yeah. is one of those only movies that was a day and date release and, and then, then made it made money. 10 million like or whatever there was like a made like seven or eight there was like yeah. a six month window yeah well, because eight like, years ago where a day and date movie like that or Margin Call Margin Call was the other Margin one call, I believe yeah. right. I mean, no one's no disproven movies those that, are not the yeah. same movie
4: and Margin both, Call's a lot better those are
2: both day and date movies that like made millions yeah. of dollars yeah, yeah. Uh, arbitrage made 35 worldwide. Right. Not
3: bad.
1: 10 domestic. How much? 7 8 okay.
2: Eight, 8. Okay. I mean, 7. But that's yeah. like 7. 7. margin calls 7.9 higher 5. than 8. any other No, thing. of course People I mean, assume that would make I like 300,000. often 000. better
3: if yeah. Gere is in your movie and it's about like the upper east side. That means the median age of your audience is like seventy-eight years old, right? Yeah, they don't know what a video on demand is, mm-hmm.
1: that movie, so they're gonna
3: go to see it at Lincoln Plaza. That
1: movie also has like a lot of like famous New York people who aren't actors playing other characters, what, like Ed it. Koch or something. I Braden Carter. Braden Carter's, <laughs> in, that Carter's that movie. <laughs> in it. And there's like one or two other people like that where like every once in a while I end up on like a Wikipedia page of like a real financial criminal. And well, it's like, of course, he played a key supporting role in the Richard Gere film Arbitrage. Well,
3: also, if your movie is named after like a, a securities process, yeah. you know, like some kind of high end financial thing. That's a that's a tip. That's right? a
2: little tip of the hat. You're really giving people what they want with this. Yeah. Miniseries on the films of Nicholas Jarecki. You're right. Graydon Carter is like ninth bill. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like Dickie Gear, Susan Sarandon, Graydon Carter.
3: Nicholas Jarecki is a good pull. Yeah. I, uh, he's making a movie right now, apparently, called Dreamland.
1: He's not the one who did the jinx. That's Andy Jarecki?
3: Yeah, that's the, that's the... The movie phone guy. Uh, he's the movie phone guy? He's the voice of movie phone. Andrew Jarecki created movie phone. I did not know that. So I the, thought that he... I think well, of him as... What's it called? The Freedmen. Yeah, capturing, capturing the, the Freedmen. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. So, the Jarecki family... Like, old finance money Henry family. Henry
3: right. Like and big, all big the kids
1: wanted to be filmmakers. And the dad was like, you're never going to be an artist. You have to make money. So he was like, okay, I'll become a businessman. He created Movie Phone. He sold it for millions of dollars. And he was like, great, now I'm going to go make my fucking movies. Fuck you, dad.
3: Fair enough. He also co-wrote the theme song to Felicity?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Jack yeah. of all trades. Really? Yeah. But he created Movie Phone, then directed Capturing the Freedmen's. And then Remember the jinx. Ben, ben, ben looks yeah, antsy. Ben looks. Remember Bobby the jinx. I forgot to, set, forgot the to set the clock. I Forgot to set. That's the okay clock. because
2: I'm going to say I believe we're going to go long. I think we might go. Long. I'm setting it. I would like to have two episodes in the all-time top ten longest. Ugh. See, this do is the... not come into the studio with that. This I'm is sorry. The I have to, and I have a couple things to talk about. Even I'd like to address before the key. Alex
3: has a full notebook. You want to here's a the other the thing I want to say to you, Alex. Yeah. You could do a March Madness. We have to do our final March Madness recap. Oh, interesting. And you can stay on for that. If we got to talk I, Final Four. If you
2: think I came in to blank check with an out time, you're crazy.
3: <laughs> Anyone who does, I always am like, oh, sweetie, oh, shit. No, okay. my day. <laughs> like, my, I'm sorry. My
2: day is cleared. Well, the last time I had an out time, it was four and a half hours later, and I still ended up barely making it because Griffin was two hours later. That's right. right? That Griffin was one of my weaker moments. No, I'm coming in, here, my at, if I'm as coming a in here at one. <laughs> my next my next commitment is in the evening. But I, know I have a couple of things to address. One is, I love Michael Mann and I, sure, I, I'm sure. very excited. You're glad this we're doing part. him, right? So I feel like Man's the plan. term should be the, um, the North American Man Blanky Love Association. For anybody who wants to listen to this and declare themselves members of NAMBLA. Of, Na-
3: of NAMBLA. Of, yeah, Nambla. Of, Man- of ManBLA. The
2: Man Blanky Love Association, <laughs> which you're all members of. Uh-huh. I am. He's sure. a very important filmmaker to me. And I have We're a We're going to take back that. Nambla. What <laughs> yeah, if we right. take it back? What if we Well, you've totally successfully taken back The Cause. We've taken back The Cause. Because of I was course saying The Cause is people, Kevin Cosner now. He was in some movie at South by Southwest. You and I kept the saying cause. The Cause. And no yeah. one, it's weird. No one had picked up on your thing yet, but- It's it's getting, it's starting to gain traction. It's definitely going to work. And this will too. Yeah. So the, the Man Blanky Love associate. I'd like to see an image of, you know, you both as children holding Michael Mann's hands. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the other thing I want to just address this is vaguely <laughs> off-topic, but I had a good yeah, merchandise. That will definitely idea, get made. Okay, great. Ben looking up what Namble is.
4: No, uh, I'm laughing at you. I'm doing. Oh, I'm good. doing some clock business. <laughs> I said one yeah. quick, clock one quick
2: sort of tangential thing. I know we want to get back to the Jurekis, and you, you found yeah, a really good right. merchandise up spotlight. Up but we'll drink. save that for later. I did in the find episode. a good merchandise spotlight, yeah. but I want to create a potential merchandise okay. spotlight. Yeah. Why is there not merchandise yet? That's just the entirety of the movie's speech. The movies, like why have we not? I would have a yes. I would have a mug, and I think many people would have a shirt that's just that whole speech.
1: So it's just text,
2: no image,
1: nothing, no image. All right, now I have well,
4: to. I would like to interject. I am beginning. To take screen printing classes. And I had a thought Uh that we could start offering exclusive, limited run t shirts. If we do like live events, like there's going to be like like a hundred of these. This is going to sell you Uh, a hundred.
2: I'll make 20. No, no, no. This, this I think, is going to be the big seller. I feel like the movie has become iconic. It has become and iconic. My wife has like a It tote. has. She, she has got a minute. It
1: has. I mean, the question is: Are are we? does anyone own the rights
2: to that speech?
1: You do. You are we going to make that sh- shirt and then is Bruce Valanche going to sue us and be like, I wrote the movie speech?
2: No, no, not if that did, that'd be I'm cool. I'm trying to find it. Anna has a tote that's like, you know, a Sex in the City, mm-hmm. like a Carrie monologue that Demovish. I see women around sometimes. Just a tote or a mug. It's just that whole speech. I guess if we spell it phonetically, Perhaps. if we do da, m o V I it's sort of
3: yeah. harder to
2: Google. I just to, think yes, to that, that, to me, is, yep. a, is a beautiful piece of merchandise. The I, other thing look, is that I, this done. speech By is By the time compl- this episode comes out, we're going to be fucking like, selling if it. If
3: I went to Sean Connery and asked him about it, he would not know he had done that. Like, no no one remembers that. No, of course Like and if I look for like Sean Connery Oscars opening, they're like here he is winning an Oscar. That's what you want. You deserve full
2: credit for that. You made it happen. I mean this this has that has changed my life and the way I it's changed the way I say the the phrase the movies (laughs) forever. We all. (laughs) So I just want to mention. And hope that there's movies. a groundswell of support. This is a beautiful piece of text-based merchandise I promise it
1: will be on sale by the time this episode Opening comes out. Of, do you remember
2: which Oscars it is? Uh, it was the one with Cold Mountain because they keep telling 2003. Getting, yeah. Okay, the, so 2004 be the 2004 ceremony. 2004 Oscars. It got posted on the Reddit. I and mean, that's the other thing oh, I know, thing now. I know. It's and just the Reddit can be hard to I have the, yeah, be the commercial because you texted it to me yeah. and I have it yes, on my yes. phone because I send it to people once or twice a week. <laughs> I've sent it to many people. I've shared it with Scottish people. Yeah. Sure. Of course. Now, um, it's very important. I, I watch it like once every two or three weeks. Now, I want to go back a point on your watch on your
1: bullet list, okay? Uh, I think the Blankies have started doing something very dangerous, which is keeping a constantly updated ranking of the longest episodes. Oh, sure. Which right. then because becomes that a, makes challenge it a challenge for right. your Alex Ross Perrys, your JD Amados of the world to come on and try to break the record.
2: I just couldn't believe at Toronto when you were like, the episode's coming out now. It's by the way, yeah, right. Our second longest episode, right? Because
1: yeah. they had alerted
3: me to that. it was that I was, was, t- I was like huh. taking Woodstock was two and a half hours long, and
2: I was like, "That's interesting." And I feel like maybe there's been some long ones since then, but that blew my mind. Even though I was there for it,
4: uh, it's a good memory. I remember also Griffin trying to get uh Rachel to yes, uh, that's the thing. Record we just- an episode yes. where she. Just heard. Oh, yes. right. Yeah, she's outside. Our ta- taking. We Woodstock were going to do an episode well, also that like was 30, Rachel at her desk. 30
2: minutes of that episode are Griffin Scorsese Ooh, story.
4: Yeah, you Good tell start. the
2: Scorsese story. It pays out like a slot machine.
3: It pays out like a slot machine. But that's the thing. We, we, we're done with the movie. And then yeah. somehow, if you look right. at the podcast, there's an hour to go. And you're like, what? What are they? Well, that's going to happen about? again <laughs> today. <laughs> right. That's heard, what I'm saying well, now. This movie's going to be done in 20 minutes. But there's so, I feel like know. there's so much to say
2: about Michael Mann. Especially coming in early. I don't know how the thief episode went. Probably well.
3: I'm gonna say this. I, the thief episode, I feel like, was a banger. I think it was Do you agree? I think it's slapped. I think it was pretty I great. I think it's slapped. This episode might end with like Molasar coming to <laughs> just
4: explode our heads or whatever. Okay, I'm Ben fine. wants to say this. I'm fine with you going for for longer run of episodes. I'm fine mm-hmm. with that, but I already, as the editor of the show, have made a mental note for Michael Mann that I am gonna star really Really cutting some stuff. You're
1: gonna out. start cutting some stuff. I'm gonna I wanna, cut, wait, wait a second.
3: You're gonna start uh, cutting no. some stuff? No. I'm gonna
4: start really giving like some heavy cuts. No. You I've can got only two do that say.
1: if you commit to also doing the later definitive edits where you put stuff back in. That's the only way I'll allow that.
3: No cutting. Not after I had to put up with five months of Tim Burton without <laughs> cuts where every episode's fucking two and a half hours long. We went, uh, we went uh, how Can't long? Can't cut scissor hands, baby. Right. Can't cut them. 150.
2: We went keep fucking
3: Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah.
2: I was wondering, will there be a, just an ordinary blank check that is over three hours long? it's gotta happen at, just like, like just
3: like not like a special episode like but you're just yeah. like chatting. you're
2: doing miami vice and it's just incidentally three hours long. and five minutes long if, it's right. one of those like, things. well is that is that the limit that will happen where it's like will there ever be this well you know how like We'd every have to have time, someone like you who has no who objection wants it to be right. Right. exactly yeah.
3: you know how mean, every JD time like could push J- jd yeah.
1: will yeah. push us yeah. there you know every time like someone breaks the human speed record then suddenly, right. five people break what was previously an unbreakable record. Right, 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 right. Uh, right, right. It, it is the thing where I feel like the bar is constantly getting pushed. I mean, we were talking to a friend of the show, past and future guest Sam Rogal, and noted that when his episode came out, Terminator Two was two hours and twelve minutes, and we were embarrassed. Right, we eclipsed the running time of the actual movie, right. and we like, we're "How like, is that Jesus. possible? How could an episode be this right. long?" Right, and
3: now like we can't like order a cup of coffee without it going that long.
2: I am excited about the keep. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about Michael Mann, sure. but I feel like there's some, He's one of your favorites. I love Michael Mann. Yeah. He's very important, but part of this and yours time out Miami vice. And I feel like this will come up again and again, but like there was a time where it was inconceivable to present the notion that Michael Mann was a serious filmmaker, right. even though he was coming off of like back-to-back prestige Oscar movies,
3: uh, back-to-backs. You mean, um, and I feel mm-hmm.
2: like I wrote down like, up until that time, if you were to say, like, Michael Mann is one of my favorite and one of the best filmmakers. Right. That would be like saying, like, Ridley Scott is one of, sure. like, right. Ridley Scott without Alien or Blade Runner. Yeah. Like, no, that the, body of, right. that body of work, it's like. Like, like I mean, Black
1: Rain Ridley Scott.
2: Yeah, it's right. like, okay, like, yeah. him, really? Like, the he, guy who made Gladiator, the guy who made The Insider, like, that's your favorite well, filmmaker? I remember when Ali was coming out, and my
1: father is a massive boxing fan, my brother's a massive boxing fan. My father wanted to be an on-camera sportscaster. We've talked about it, and the reason he gave up the dream was he got his shot, which was he hosted a documentary about Muhammad Ali coming
2: out of retirement. Okay, and he was so bad in it. Right, he was like, his I'm, I'm just picturing right. him sitting there, like Castan's on the floor, where Jerry's like. Then again, those jobs tend to go to former ball players yes. and people <laughs> with broadcasting experience. I'm going to show you
1: the picture of my father interviewing
2: Muhammad but Ali. Like, up until that point, like. He was just like he was he was just a Hollywood director. Oh, oh, this is the point I was going to make when Ali
1: came out and I was like, do you think it's going to be good? And he went like, well, Michael Mann is one of the best filmmakers alive. And my dad is not a serious cinephile. And I was like, how is it possible that this guy is one of the best filmmakers alive if I haven't heard anyone else say that? You know, like as a 12 year old, right. I was like, I know the people who are constantly referred like Scorsese is shorthand. Coppola is shorthand. Spielberg is shorthand. You're telling me he's one of the best filmmakers alive? I've not heard anyone else throw down that kind of consensus. Wow. Well, Peter
2: Newman was really ahead of that. He was like big into but, like him. At that time, it's like Mohicans and then like, it's like big, sweeping, prestige movies. And I really feel like, as we just discussed, like it really turns around with Miami Vice, which was like a very, well, that's funny. Right. Oh, wow. Look at that. There's your dad. He really does look like Albert Brooks in a way. He looks very Albert <laughs> Brooks with, with, with yeah. Muhammad Ali. This is the photo, but it's also I'll post it on
1: the on the fucking feed or whatever. This is it also really does look like Brooks. This that is hair. his avatar on Instagram too. It's like his favorite picture. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Well, Muhammad I mean, Ali with a mustache when he came back at retirement and sucked. Is this framed hanging up at your home? Oh, a hundred percent. Are you kidding me? Is Why it they outside
2: on like a rock? The, the
1: thing is bad. <laughs> okay.
3: It's okay. bad.
2: It seems like a combination of, you know, your dad's big moment, but also like one of the movies they make in Boogie It's Yes. It's it's just like shots of Muhammad Ali, like s- sniffing flowers and staring off into the. Right. It's the very seat. low rent. It's like and Barney's they
3: movie in The Simpsons. Right. Like, that, that kind. Right. like they,
1: the, they thought it was a get. And then they like started following they him around.
2: Peter was a get.
1: They thought both. And then they started following around my father interviewing Muhammad Ali after, like, training to come out of retirement. And they were like, oh, A, this guy can't conduct an interview. B, Muhammad Ali is going to lose these fights.
2: The stories about your dad are starting to pile up into such, like, a character on a sitcom who you never see sort of way. Yes. (laughs) I want to get him on, though.
3: Well, everything
2: everything about him that stacks up is like, these stories can't all be true it, it phew, you don't even know half of them well you said that one the other day that was revolting about the f- which the revolting was to me as someone who hates
1: feet no that's hilarious oh, oh oh my father my father who is a
3: college professor Oh, you guys this is an off mic revelation. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: okay my yeah. father is a college professor uh hates socks he wears like loafers, which is crazy. To me. I love socks. Socks yeah. are great. My I, love favorite I have piece of so clothing. many pairs of socks. It's crazy. He wears like loafers and like jeans that are a little too short on him, mm-hmm. so his ankles are almost always exposed, even during the winter, right? Uh, like even during snowstorms. That's insane. And he hates wearing shoes so much that he essentially just steps on top of his loafers. So like the back heel is just like totally bent. His like heel is totally exposed to the elements. And when he goes into class in front of his students, he like gets behind the desk and then he like takes off his shoes and he thinks that no one can notice. And every time I met one of my father's students, they're like, "Oh my god, your dad's the barefoot professor." <laughs> this is crazy to
4: me. But anyway, this and Peter like discuss it because are like, "Get him those shoes that have the the toes built
1: you do, in." You don't think we've been trying to solve this problem, Ben? You don't think we've been working at this
4: one? Hey, let me let me let me consult as a with, family. Uh, Peter please.
2: And yet your dad seemed to be hip to man before anybody. It was hip to man. Well, and he's not a big movie guy. My, my, my point is like prior to Miami vice, like that was maybe your dad's opinion. Yeah. And I think after that movie, it like really exploded with people. Who were just yeah, like, I think you're right. Oh my god. And then it really doubled down with Nolan being like right. you know, The Dark Knight, that's inspired by Heat, the, right. greatest, the of greatest of movies. Of and time. people were right. like, Heat, the movie that's on cable all the time? That's the other thing that's I think the greatest <laughs> movie. That's the thing. But that's... Heat
1: had a bit of a, a Shawshank thing where it was <laughs> right. like watching
3: but it with,
2: twenty times.
3: But with dads exclusive. With dads. But now like, with like, that yeah. sort of like right. you last, know, last, middle-aged like, dad zone. But now
2: Heat is a movie that like the last time it screened in New York, like it was at BAM. Right. It was like a because it's long, it was like yeah. a, a one, a three, and a nine. Yeah. Right. And I went at like two to get a ticket to the three o'clock and every screening for the day was sold out. Wow. wow. And totally. now he and has- it's be- all
3: like 25-year-old kids. And probably.
2: people are like, oh, this is one of the greatest yes. made films ever. Yeah. And then suddenly man is like, Oh, he's one of those. He's shorthand now. Well, like, yeah, I mean, Dark like,
1: Knight did do a lot for it. I think it you're did, right sure, about sure. that. I mean, he's got Fickner in the opening scene and, and all at, that. And right. you know, then suddenly you just look
2: at, you look back at his movies and you're like, oh, right. These are all perfect. These are like a perfectly made
1: body of work. Uh, right. None more so than The Keep. The other thing with him, though, is um, I, I think Mammy Vice was so divisive that the people who were man stands Miami vice like it was, you had to take it side
3: fast exactly. because it flopped so hard. And not only that, like, it didn't was it sort make like,
2: like seventy million dollars?
3: No, I
1: don't think anyone made that. So it was much. very expensive. Right? It, it made like fifty or sixty, yeah, and think, it went way
2: over. But it's gravity. not one of those things that it like sixty-three. It's, 63. it's 63. not one of those 63. things that like made fifteen. No, no it didn't make no, fifteen. No, but it was like a, they were like I think, it
1: cost hundred
2: fifty million dollars. It was a, bit of a baffling like movie. I think, I
3: think people were also like, why isn't that movie what I thought it was going to be? Which is like a you know, fun Stars guys in pastel suits. Why is it shot on home video cameras? Right. What's with this digital? Colin it was the moment where everyone was like, We've been bamboozled on Colin Farrell and you've been trying to tell me he's a yeah. movie star everyone and I refuse. Him. And and Jamie Fox Farrell's like, was I was so to get, stoned. Right. Like
1: he was like, I don't remember making that I remember movie, making I remember and then went into rehab. Right,
3: whereas Jamie Foxx like left during production because right. like Dominican gangsters fired gunshots at the set, right? Like but Jimmy it Fox became was such also a legendary like, thing. He was
1: high on his shit. I just think post that movie, especially because it was released as like a summer action movie and then like mainstream audiences rejected it, the man fans had to be like, you know what? I'm not keeping this to myself anymore. This guy's a genius. Like man fans started getting really loud sure. because they were like, we have to fight for this. Because well, like it
2: was, you know, like, oh, he made that early kind of like cheesy pre Science of the Lambs Hannibal Lecter movie. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, that's the Mohicans. That's the same guy. Weird. And then it's like big, prestigious Oscar movies that do really well. Right. And in retrospect are both phenomenal. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, know the Insider and El Ali? And the Insider, I hadn't seen in years, and we rewatched it when Black Hat came out. We it's did a little I man series. I, sure, sure, I have sure. never seen
1: that. Never what? seen The Insider? I'm
2: very excited to watch it. Wait,
4: which
1: is years. that the only one you've never seen? Uh, never seen Mohicans either. Wow. You're in for I, a treat. And I hadn't
2: seen these two. I hadn't seen Thief and Keith. So you were like, I've oh, only seen half of them, maybe. So yeah, that's well, what I'm seen talking half. about. You've seen Manhunter, though.
3: I've seen Manhunter.
2: Insider, like, when we rewatched it, I was like, this is insane. This movie is out of control. Like, the style in this is not. This is not like a prestige Oscar movie. This is an insane movie.
3: Oh, sure. The Insider. Right, right, right. it's yeah. a weird, a that, weird that, film. I talked about that a bit yeah. on the thief on I saw it because I was 13 years old and it was an Oscar movie and I was like, I need to see. The Insider. Yeah, Yes, I yeah. need to see this no, Oscar gonna movie. Oh, you're going to flip out for Pacino. Pro. I mean, you're going to be well, milking Pacino's. Pacino impressions from the Insider for oh years. Yeah. That is, it's true. It's There's a, one
2: But also a Palmer impression. There's also one monologue that there's one thing Pacino screams in that movie. It's like three solid minutes of screaming.
3: But yeah, 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 yeah,
2: As good as anything he's ever screamed.
3: I'll say, I want to say two things. One, yeah. I was an avid Empire magazine boy when I was a young boy, as I've talked
4: about on this podcast. to get that subscription. England, living Whoa! in England, living in England. Um, we get a reaction from you two Alex. I'm just
2: laughing. Okay. Griffin wheels
3: away. He does well, wheel. He, I away. told them.
1: To. I don't want to blow out the mic.
3: Um. And they were always very, like, Michael Mann is one of the important directors because Empire was always, like, a bit of a boy magazine that, like, you know, liked the the high-end genre stuff, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know why. A lad so, mag. A bit of a lad As mag. your brats would say. Uh, you know, because in Britain there was Total Film, which was a little more, like, I don't know, it was very broy and very, like, yeah, we like, you know, Guy Ritchie, right? You know what I mean? Empire was, like, classier than that. Yeah. But not as classy as, like, sight and sound, which is obviously, you know, very academic. And Mm -hmm. anyway. Um,
1: Do you, I gotta ask, do you three guys have your, like, sight and sound 10 list? Like, have you done it so that you're like, well, someday they're going to ask me. No, I'd have- love
3: to do it. Yeah, I Hit I don't me don't up, know. Sight and Sound.
2: I have yeah. like my own general vague 10 in yeah. my mind, but- I would have to think What's When's about the next it? one, 2022? 2022.
3: Ehrlich yeah. and I talk about all the time. I gotta be, we gotta go I gotta be, I gotta get invited to
2: that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. my Let's God. Let's that list.
1: I've specifically made a, a Sight and Sound list that's different than my personal 10 or even-
2: You know who has a terrible Sight and Sound list? Who? Michael Mann. Hey, we, we
1: talked, talked about, about it on our Thief oh, episode. So Let's that, bring it you, back. You got that Talkin out of the way. Tar. We
3: talked about the fact that Avatar is on it. We talked about the fact that Beautiful yeah. is on it, which is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, ever. that's
2: like a famously terrible I mean, Michael, what a fascinating guy. He
3: writes well about it. Yeah, You know what he's I mean? He's writing he, books now. He's yeah. on
2: Instagram. Right, He's he's everywhere. He's
3: wild on Instagram.
1: Isn't Guillermo del Toro doing a Michael Mann documentary?
3: Sounds good. Can't wait. He like, is it like De Palma?
1: He like pushed off all of his projects after he won the Oscar and was like, I'm going to take a year talking to my three favorite living filmmakers. Okay. And I forget who the other two were, but he's Probably
3: like, I'm going to down and with and them. <laughs> The third
4: one is
1: Guillermo del Toro.
3: George Miller. George Miller. He's basically just doing the bracket. Yeah. Uh, Michael Mann. That's all I'm seeing. I'm just Maybe seeing it's just those the two, two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought there was uh, a third. Well, he said, "Uh, two weeks a piece. Right. He's doing with each of them, right? And I think
1: he's filming it, and he's going to release it as a book. And Hopefully, one, it'll be a long, like uh, De Palma style documentary. I just want
3: everyone to do a De Palma movie. i made that pitch. Yeah, uh, you know the the Paltrow Bound Back. Right. Yeah, like every director who's like seventy now, it should be the law. Yeah, that you have to sit down with somebody, and they'll just be like, okay, and next we've got the keep talk for mm-hmm. ten minutes, right? And like, the movie doesn't have to be good. It should be fine. Yeah. You know, it should be very watchable. Yeah, right. And I want that. I, yeah, around,
2: yeah. around the time of this coming out, the piece I've been making on Paul Schrader for when the Criterion. When is that? It's going to be early Criterion Channel. I was wondering about it, because it was going to be for the filmstruck, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. happens when you do something for so long that the thing you're doing it for ceases to exist.
1: Or that's what happens in a world where things only exist for 12 months before yes. the their conglomerate but, shuts uh, them down.
2: It's not like that. Because sure. he doesn't want to talk about all that stuff, and it's not a feature length, but right. it is a man of that age, just sitting, giving no shits, and just kind of like, which sounds fantastic, throwing you know, throwing insults at every one of his generation. I mean, and I- just generally being a maniac. We did get him to talk. You got good socks right now. Oh, thanks. Just speaking We're from socks. Pendleton, mm-hmm. oh, killer socks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, did- I, we. I did get him to talk about Facebook in our final. Oh, that's awesome. our final, our final <laughs> piece with him. But yeah, it's a great we idea. But you know, like today. what's interesting, you see this online, like. The Keep is, like, referred to as a movie that, like, Michael Mann doesn't talk about. Right. Right. Like, if they made that movie, it'd be like, he made Thief, then he made this movie called The Keep, and then Manhunter. Right, 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 right. And the way that, like, a movie that this sort of reminds me of Friedkin's The Guardian, which is comparably a disaster. Right. Or, you know, equally a disaster is, like, in the Friedkin book, The Guardian and Deal of the Century are the only movies he does not even mention in his, like, 400-page autobiography. Well, You know, there's so many movies like
1: this, and we've covered them on this show before where it's like someone's first film, they were trying to make something that was a little more of a genre exercise. It was taken away from them. They released a version that they kind of disowned and that's what made them like such a single-minded artist. You know, like James Cameron after like Piranha 2 is like, fuck it. I'm never taking guff from anyone ever again. I'm gonna make the exact movie I want. Like this feels like the movie that like Michael Mann comes out of fully formed. And instead it's like, this is the movie that comes after the fully formed Michael right. well, Mann Well, was movie. also, as you
2: probably covered, comes after years of other fully formed right. things. Right, right, right. He's not like some and, yes. neophyte right. Right. who randomly no. made
1: a good movie. But even just trying to make it through the studio system, yeah. you know? Like, this feels like a first film, then someone overcomes.
2: It seems to say online that he wanted to make an adult fairy tale. That's what he said. An adult fairy tale of fascism. He threw out a lot of the book. I wonder why he would want to make an adult fairy tale. (laughs) It has nothing to do with Chicago. There's no role for Dennis Farina. Why does he want to make this movie? So I
1: found an interview with Ian McKellen where he said he did a lot of research on the accent for the character Uh and the time period. And he showed up on set. Because he's like Romanian. This is like set in Romania. Right. And he worked on the Romanian thing and trying to be era appropriate, and he got on set, and after the first take, Michael Mann was like, can you uh, uh, drop the accent and make it sound a little more Chicago? <laughs> Ian McKellen says, literally, Michael Mann said, can you just make it more like a Chicago kind of patois? Well, he didn't. No, no. I mean, yeah, but the- everyone in this just uses an English accent. Yeah. There's no accents McKellen's in this. voice is very weird I mean, it does yeah. feel like someone who prepped a very specific accent And then was told to drop it and couldn't fully drop. I'm
2: very excited. Let's maybe we'll save the McKellen corner for when we get to his arrival in the movie. We'll do a full performance review. Because it's fascinating. It's very exciting. We should do it. But you know, like this is an interesting thing because like that's why I want to be here. Like this is the one to see. Like if there was a Michael Mann retrospective, this would be the one that you're like. Right. Oh, the key! Oh, but, they never screened that. Yeah, and whenever it's screened in New York, it's always sold out. It right. screened at Nighthawk years ago, and it was sold out. And really? It screened at BAM, and it, yes. So there is I like some, I couldn't go to that screening. There's I got like sold a print.
3: There is because it used yeah. to be. It used to just be on Amazon Prime. Right. And it was like the most hateful, unspeakable print. It looked like someone had pointed That's a video where I watched it, at right a yesterday. VHS, right? And now it's been up to, updated. It's better now. Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. Because it also used to be on Netflix streaming.
1: Right. And it right. used to be very grainy. It was never really released on DVD. It was never released on Blu-ray. The VHS was hard to come. By.
3: And it used to have like a temp score.
2: Right. Now
1: it doesn't.
3: There it's, is a
2: print that whenever it pops up, it sells out. Well, fair enough. It's popped up a couple times. The other crazy thing. No, I'm sorry. What were you guys saying? Oh, nothing. I just um,
1: about the key, we're, just Keep on keeping on. I'll, I'll keep <laughs> on keeping on. The other crazy thing is when this movie came out, I found a bunch of the reviews where people complained that you couldn't hear any of the dialogue Didn't because you? the Tangerines uh, dream score was so overwhelming. Huh. Uh, I, I certainly don't know anything about movies like that. <laughs> uh, uh, keep people because there is like a really rabid keep hive there is there are yes. people who fucking love this movie like An- in andy, the horror community uh, and like levy not michael mann people yeah well andy yeah. levy too yeah. but like there is like a subsection of like 80s horror people who for them this is one of the sacred objects and those people who have seen the film in many forms seen it screen seen it vhs saw it when it came out claim that this new uh, uh sort of digital transfer that exists that you can rent from iTunes or Amazon that is of a slightly better quality not high def but of a better quality than the the copy that used to exist that also it maybe was a little bit remastered on the levels mm. and that the music more used to be more overwhelming yeah. apparently it used to be like inaudible both the editing That's and good, the, the editing and cool, the audio
2: man. on the Amazon copy seem like you're watching a work print Oh, it's not great. Like, when you would find, like, a bootleg in the 90s, it's like, oh, this is the Apocalypse Now work print. Or, like, this is the three-hour spinal tap. It it also, watching the movie, you're like, is this him trying to make, like, the Holy Mountain?
1: Like, is there even... Supposed to be any attempt at a coherent narrative. No, because there's but, shit like Lance Henrik showing up, and then five seconds later, there's a sex scene. You mean Scott Glenn. It's I'm not, sorry. It's not Lance Henrik. I
2: always confuse that. kind of has a Henrickson own yes.
3: structure. Yes. I'm very
2: excited by this because I was behind Scott Glenn in airport security very recently. Oh, <gasps> how's fr- he doing? He looks great. Does My he friend now? I don't know. He has he's TSA, sort of tall All and drawn. I can say is that he has TSA pre check. That rules. That's where we were. He was leaving LaGuardia for some reason. And he looked great. I was very excited. Maybe he was going to the keep. He had to blast some energy. His eyes lit up and he was just (laughs) on his way. I'm on my way.
3: Because isn't that his vibe in this movie? He's just like, shit, got to go to the keep. Like, that's like his arc. He wakes up in
2: Greece and takes a boat to the keep. Yep.
1: There's something weirdly plays modern about him in this movie where when they cut yeah, to him Scott for the Glenn. first time, right? And even he's just like, he's supposed to be heritage, like an elemental
3: being. And it's like, right. what's the elemental being? It's like Scott Glenn with blue eyes, like glowing eyes. When they That's cut to him,
1: I was like, oh, so this is like a parallel narrative movie where we're going to cut back and forth between like the 40s and Scott Glenn in like 1980s Los Angeles. And then he showed up at the keep, and I was like, wait, this guy's supposed to be in the 40s?
3: <laughs> yes. Um, I had two things I wanted to say. Please.
1: One, say anything.
3: Dr. In terms of just Michael Mann talk, he is like the opposite of James Cameron in our purposes in that he never makes the guarantor in a way.
2: Yeah. I was and going yet, to ask where you placed his sort of big, you know, I mean, Heat is, well, I think last he, Mahicans, he at this point is the guarantor.
3: Yeah, last of the Mohicans is his biggest hit adjusted for inflation. And I guess that was like, no one could object to that. It made double what it cost in America alone, right? You know, it was well-received, right? Like, yeah, th- I, you know, man,
1: that, that's what gets him heat, right? I, I have a take. Okay. Can I give you my take? Okay. My take is he never has the movie that's enough of a hit to be a guarantor. He is Weirdly, the closest, I think. the way he gets his checkbook is because massive stars right. want to work with him. He always gets
3: casts that that's are the problem. eager. Is that,
1: is that those people, like, you look at that run and it's like, okay, you have De Niro, Pacino, Tom Cruise, Will Smith. Yes. Johnny uh, Depp. Molasar. Mull Molassar. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Insider's weirdly... And Viola Davis Black Hat. Yes. Uh, Insider's weirdly kind of an outlier because it's like Pacino was at the end of his leading man run and Russell Crowe was about to pop. No, but Pacino totally counts. Totally. But but I'm saying the other guys were literally like the second or third biggest box office star at that moment. He always worked with the dudes who were at the fucking top.
3: Every one of the post-heat movies, like Insider like kind of makes what it costs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ali doesn't make what it costs. Loses a lot of money. Collateral makes a little more... Successful because they're awardsy they're awardsy and they're well received right. a collateral made more because of tom cruise right. but you know it costs a lot yeah. it's one of those things where you're like oh public enemies did well oh it costs a lot right, right. like it's like i don't think anyone is saying like i want to be in the michael mann business because i love big bucks baby right no. like that's never gonna so he's weirdly an odd choice for us but then he always
2: gets checks well the thing is except not anymore right the I thing guess, is every right? time like, he Black cat be, was it. he seems to be one of those people that has been forced into retirement. Yeah. I mean, I guess he, he's always kind of maybe of, making another movie, but he was supposed to make
1: a Ferrari movie with Christian right. Bale. And now another f- right. Mangold made Mangled. a Ferrari movie and it's coming out this and year. And secretly it's a Western. Um, no, yeah. I mean, uh,
2: Mangold cocked him, but it just seems like the industry has kind of finally had enough of the Michael Manns of the world.
3: Yeah. yeah. Same with Fincher. Same, all these guys. I mean, same with Scorsese yeah. kind of. And these are like these yeah. kinds of guys. Well, and like- yes. Scorsese, the studios are like, fuck off. No. Too much money. I don't know about. that. I don't want to not make money anymore. So he goes to Netflix, who will like give him so maybe the money. His
2: movies perform better. Netflix should make a Michael he, Mann movie.
1: He could not get The Irishman made with a studio. Well, but that's also because he was asking for like two hundred million dollars, and also well, he wanted
2: the entire cast of Vinyl to play right. the entire. <laughs> well, one notable cast exception. The there's one
1: person.
3: I'm not saying that Scorsese couldn't like ever get a movie made yes. again, but I will say
2: like you know. These, he, these are all very interesting comparisons and this is why I love michael Mann is like he is so not one of those there he has nothing to do with like the american cinema of the 70s no which a right, lot of those people right, right. do he uses his own product yeah like yeah. he's you know like when you hear these kind of comments where it's like tarantino says like oh the 80s were the worst decade for american movies
1: we were just talking you're about all about this, this is your
3: favorite decade? it's just you're like right. actually it's yeah. like
2: a counterpoint actually they're the best <laughs> yeah right and like you're
3: I, kind of not that into the 70s
2: guys well i mean of course i, mean, I always you, have been but right, like right, right. i just came to love the things that were of my lifetime more
3: so let's talk about some of the like who are the 80s contemporaries i mean
2: to then? me it's like for hint, trader for Hover. mount rushmore is like michael Mann, right schrader De palma, who, De palma who, like, spans a lot of these things palma, like he even has sure. like these 60s movies yeah. uh, and then he is one of those 70s guys and then he's also one of those 80s guys yes, yes. Yes. And mount Rushmore and he's a also serious
1: coke like, problem yeah it's a pretty <laughs> the, the noses the, are like the alimony this mount rushmore has to pay on a monthly basis is through the roof the uh the, the,
2: the concession stand only <laughs> on, only has whiskey and mountains of drugs <laughs> And cigars. Oh boy. But like, you know, like these kind of like and, and Friedkin, who again, mm-hmm. like, is a seventies sure. guy, but I think his eighties work is like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like that 80s stuff is just very exciting and it's much more interesting to me. But now, like, the 80s, quote unquote, in like the stranger They're things 80s. sense, mm-hmm. close. <laughs> Telling you, make that mug. Yeah.
3: I have the clip loaded. We're gonna look um, at it afterward.
2: Like the 80s had become like the Stranger Things bully bays. Right. And like the '80s is like when people say the '80s are bad. It's like, oh, you know, it's just like the Goonies and like kids' movies being made by studios. But they're it's just like to give Amblin and yeah, it's and like, like it's yeah. like oh, but no, actually, the '80s are to me like Michael Mann is figuring like Manhunters in the '80s, American Jingle is right. in the '80s. Like, sure, but also the body '80s heat, like, were body body, uh, body, uh, body double yeah body, yeah. body double yeah, sure like, they're both in there cast yeah, and, like, <laughs> he's one of your guys casting <laughs> <like>, <laughs> he's he's maybe Long-town works in the companion? he works in the concession time um, but it's like, those are really Potter exciting. When you like, look at the 80s, like to me, it's like, oh yeah, like Michael Mann movies mean that the 80s is very valuable. Of course. And this is part of that. But this is like this weird kind of fantasy movie that's not Ambliny at all. I and guess. or yes. no one likes it. And also right. doesn't
1: really work as any traditional horror movie, which like horror is really robust at this point in time in American cinema.
2: 100%, right. And this is
1: like kind of a weird tweener thing that doesn't fit into any conventional well, horror. because
3: this is right, because this is not a movie. It, basically, I mean,
1: yeah, but I'm, I think it doesn't count
3: as a movie. I mean, it's very watchable. Yeah. I actually like it. Yeah, there's things I like about it's it very a lot. It's captivating, it's very captivating, but like it doesn't make any sense. And and if you ask the director about it, he's like, Well, yeah, we never really finished it.
1: it I mean, it's like you know, Piranha like, 2 in that sense or whatever. <laughs> These things where they're like, I don't know, I let some Italian guy yeah, put his name on it. They took it away, and I, it's not like
3: a done movie. I
1: mean, the weird thing about it is there are certain things it gains from being hacked to death like that. Because somehow the weird gaps, the things that aren't explained, these like key like character development that should happen, right? It it it's just the keep getting to you. It has this weird kind of dream logic to it. Keep, yeah. You know what I'm saying though? Like it does. It feels like a Yudarowski movie to me, where it's like you just got a vibe on it. You can't make any sense of this thing, right? You understand the basic principle,
2: right? It could be thirty minutes long or three hours long, right? Right, both valid, and it's valid sure. I, honestly like because I'd seen it a couple of times, mm-hmm. and uh and Anna was like, "I don't really need to rewatch the key if you can watch that yourself, sure. I was watching it. And first, I will say
3: also, I said to you, Michael Mann, and, like, before I was even done saying "Man," you were like, the key. The of course. Key. You always want to
1: pick the one that doesn't exist.
3: Yeah. Right. Because well, otherwise... It exists the least. Otherwise,
2: you won't have one of your top 10 longest episodes <laughs> about a movie that has no reputation and is essentially not important to that director's right. body of work. Sure. But I had seen it before, and I remembered thinking it wasn't so great the last time I watched it, and I really enjoyed it the other day. I really... Yeah. ...found it to be, like, in my mind, it was, like, a real, like, two star movie I
1: found it very like aesthetically pleasing like I, I had a certain kind of like ASMR like kind of tingle through watching the whole movie
2: it's very it's perfect vibe I mean that's yeah. it's, it's very he can do it's like, very he can do a wonderful vibe standing on his head like yes he can make these beautiful images and this perfect music Easily, and he does that here I I guess that's what's weird, though, is
1: that it's such a different vibe than what he usually does. I mean, I I was reading through uh, an interview that uh, Roger Ebert did with him right after Thief came out. Sure. And Roger Ebert was like, this guy's the new triple threat. He's a writer, director, producer, and he's going to be the new, like, Scorsese, the new Coppola. He's like, Ebert called that he was going to become the next guy in Mount Rushmore, and that this was the film that kind of threw him off the path, that everyone thought, like, well, Thief is his Mean Streets and he's going to make his taxi driver next. Like this guy's going to be on a miracle run. Right. And everyone sort of checks out after Keep for a little bit. Um, and in that interview, A, he says, do you think you'll ever produce movies that you don't direct? And he goes, yeah, well, I have a lot of projects that I feel like I'm not the right director for. I don't even have enough time to do all of them. Like, for example, I wrote this script called Heat that I'm really proud of. I think it's the best thing I've written, but I couldn't even imagine directing that thing. Huh. And he said that in, like, 82, uh-uh. and then he makes a like takedown, like... Sure. 89. Right. And then five years after, he's like, fuck it, hold my beer. Like, I'll finally, like, make the thing. Yeah. Um, But the other thing he said in the interview was, like, uh, Roger Ebert was asking him about his uh, style. And we were talking about how stylized Thief is, like, how, in his own way, Michael Mann is as heightened and stylized as Tim Burton, except it's a very different kind of style. It's a very... Extreme comparison. Well, he said my style, I like to call it stylized reality. Like, I'm very obsessed with the tangible reality of the thing and getting all the details right, and then I'm stylizing what is real.
2: Mm. Did, Which, ben, did Ben like the part in Heat where James Con screams about his clothes? You mean in Thief? In Thief. Of course. In the car, when in he th- runs down how much of item costs. Oh, he's, yeah. yeah. he's, he's got the Rolex, he's making good. sure. I Some love, shirts. too,
4: how he just, like, throws around terminology for, like, Classifying jewelry, mm-hmm. like we all know what that means. He's yeah. like, It's a friggin' D. Yeah. I'm like, I, what, I don't know. Good, what that that's is.
2: definitely my favorite scene in Thief where uh, he just screams about how expensive his tastes are. Ben scoffed at it and called him a cheapskate.
4: Yeah. Uh, okay. You yeah. should, Alex, I got some. They, these boys found out about my tastes. Yeah. He
1: recommended a $5,000 shirt to me the other day. <laughs> well, you look good in it. Thank you.
4: It looks great. Yeah,
2: Some Patreon money right there, right um, there on
1: Griffin's shirt. That is what's interesting to me about. Uh, I mean, uh, Manhunter is is very stylized as well, but still is like that sort of baseline. Like he's working off of what reality is for him to even want to make a fairy tale. For him to want to make a movie that has like magical elements in it feels very odd with his whole like
2: it's career. Very, it's very incongruous. That's why yeah. I was so excited, and it's entirely. Unsuccess- I mean it's not his strong suit. It's right. funny that he's never done anything that doesn't have like a guy with a gun running down right. the street. It,
3: it's the it's the one like he
2: never even it wasn't like, oh, and now I can go back to that. I made right. I made the insider, now I can finally like make my fairy tale again. Right. Right. He seems
1: right. to have no interest in that. I mean, because he said like he read the book and didn't like it, but liked the idea of making a fairy tale for adults about fashion. What a
2: gross phrase,
1: by the way. So fairy tale weird. For the, I know <laughs>
3: the most unappealing pitch in the world. <laughs> but
1: also that is like yeah. the pitch for Pan's labyrinth. Sure, I don't like, like here's Ben's a fairy Labyrinth. tale for adult. You don't interesting. Not
3: really. Okay. I mean, I think it's okay. Yeah,
1: I just think it's interesting that like you hear Guillermo del Toro wants to do that, and you're like, yeah, that seems like in well, line I mean, with that he, guy's sensibility. Sort, right. Right. He seems like he, a
2: big fat child, right? But Michael and, and, and Mann and seems like, like someone that would like take a kid's toys away and tell him to like grow the fuck yeah, wise up
3: to how corrupt yeah, it's the world is. Like you're goes. on the cash register because well, like, I gotta <laughs> go take a cigarette break. But like weirdly, the sort of like five year old the sort of you know, if there's
2: anything in here that seems like it excites him, it is the sort of like relationship between. Corruption. And one thing he always does is he always makes bad guys seem very appealing. Yes. Like that's true in this movie. You can see why he'd want to try to make something that's vaguely Nazi ish. Like he makes right. bad guys seem kind of cool. Well, and that, well, like, that, or yeah, in his yeah. best movies, extremely cool. The, right. the
1: tough guys <laughs> making tough decisions, like here's that's, a man backed into a corner. That's like, I mean, it, it feels the thing that he's connecting with here is the Ian McKellen character, where it's like, what is he going to do in relation to the Nazis?
2: Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, you could see him wanting to be like, well, you know, I like the idea of a movie that's like people guarding something. Right. In my mind, it would be like a safe full of money, but this is good enough. the It's, keep, the right, keep it's some sort of it.
3: spiritual barrier. Yeah. Yes. like,
1: Okay, Michael Mann wants to make a horror movie. It's about a supernatural creature that's attacking Nazi soldiers so they hire a Jew to try to stop it.
3: Sort I mean, here's... Sort wh- of. Here's what I like about The Keep. I mean, or like, I think the setup of this movie is great. The yeah. beginning
2: is very the elegant. The first 20 minutes classy. you're
3: like, "Oh, this is this has to be a good movie." This is like high art. Cuz it's like yeah. we've come to this crazy it set. Feels, it just
2: feels like sorcerer, which at right. this time was like a yes. movie you probably couldn't mention in Hollywood without being without someone vomiting, off a lot right? right exactly. But, but like, it feels like that.
3: It's this set that's like very stark, mm-hmm. you know, and and actually cool, not yeah. like trying to be, right? It's just that right. keeps that with the, the keep, with the, the crosses. The big yeah. fucking pile of yeah. rocks with we, these weird crosses. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're Nazis, so you're like, okay, Jürgen Prochow, R- R- Jürgen Proc- Proc- now, now. Right. yes.
2: And everything with Nazis and the supernatural is of interest. Exactly, any kind of Nazi
3: spiritualism stuff is is weird and yeah. yeah. So they're walking right, it's around. So weird.
1: This is coming so soon after Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah like right. after like you understand how he could sell this movie. Maybe. I mean, when I'm watching the movie at first, I'm like. Is
3: it all about Nazis? Did I forget something? Right. But, you you know, Scott Glenn's going to show up. Ian McKellen's going to show up. Something but, yeah.
2: I did write much later is that this movie has no main character. It does not. It keeps close. introducing
1: a main character, mm-hmm. but then they are not the main character. Well, Scott Glenn is top built. He is top And build. apparently he was supposed to be the main character. Right. And they cut out most of his stuff. Why
2: right. is it that when movies get cut, it's never from the beginning? They always cut out the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like Oop. it's it's like we need to cut an hour out of this movie. Just cut out the end, right? You're a big proponent of most movies can start like 40 minutes middle. later. Yeah. Right, right. This could start with him just waking up, like
1: you right. know, yeah, they yeah. open, they open then, the key and
3: then we'll figure it out. The Nazis are there, right? Yeah. They,
1: they but I kind just of only. But it cut is all good. I like Glenn that idea they to where establish like, where he is, I, right? Which you yes, know, yes. because yeah. it says We'll,
3: we'll get to Scotland, yeah. But like, I just like that idea of there's these crosses. They're not cross crosses, no, but they're things, yeah.
2: They're in the Carpathian Mountains, which is already also cool. It's like right. Transylvania, yes. you know, adjacent. Right. And it's like a Jewish pyramid.
3: It's a weird golem pyramid, maybe. Yeah. And some Nazis are like, this must be silver. Let's take it. Yeah. And the custodian or whatever he is. Yeah. At first, right?
2: they're just like, this is your new outpost.
3: Yeah. First, they're like, we just have to live here. Yeah. And yeah. they're stringing up lights. Yeah. They're but, like, God, stuck on monster guard again. Yeah. <laughs> Someone tries to take. I, my favorite thing is just someone's trying to take the cross and the custodian's like, don't do that. And no one's like, why? Explain exactly what would happen if I took the cross. Mm -hmm. They're just like, "Mm, all right. One of my favorite. No one makes an announcement to everyone. Like, by the way, the creepy guy with the beard said, don't take the crosses. You know what I mean? Well, they have no reason to believe him. One of my favorite
2: things is any time that they're like, wait a minute. These aren't keeping things out. They're keeping something in. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) That's you're right. That's such a good reversal. And this hits that pretty quickly. And it's very exciting. I remember that was in the preview for one of the exorcists prequels i forget if it was the schrader one or the ready harlan one uh-huh. Uh-huh. but there's like a reveal of statues in a church and they're like wait a minute i think it's the harlan these one. spears are pointing down they're not protecting us they're keeping You're things right. from coming that up is in
3: the trailer yes i remember the I, spears pointing. i, I was down. just like Oof. i, I, Any, I, I think love that that
2: was the line in the trailer that got me to see that movie. Yeah, me too yeah anytime anytime that something was revealed to actually be keeping something in i'm i'm excited so now like the movie is great at this point like Yes, Nazis are there to
3: keep as well. i all designed. about it, and then some. Have you seen it before? Yes, I've seen it one time okay. before, but out of like completionism, mm-hmm. largely. And I think I had watched that terrible version. Yeah, um, and uh, then some Nazis pry open a cross, right? And they get exploded. They get brought, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is also cool. That is nicely done. Yeah. Super cool.
1: Yeah, the corpse is really
3: It's also there interesting like, yes. because yeah. like
2: practical effects. Like Michael Mann, doesn't really do that either. No. Like, he's not a special effects not guy. at all. This not has in, to be like the only one. And in yeah. fact is now like really regarded as being like such a master very practical, of practical exactly. analog. Yeah.
3: He basically like teaches you how to rob a bank. Like that's what the movie is. Right. But it is done well. It's done very well and I like the whooshing wind stuff. You yeah. know, the sort of uh, in and out. And when they opened the cross, they kind of found out like, you know, there's something below the keep. There's like this big cavern. There's like
2: a shot that pulls all the way down.
3: Yeah. Which is so cool.
2: There's Love all of this. And then we the cut beard. to Scott
3: Glenn in the yeah. movies. Right. Basically, like, derailed almost immediately. Right.
2: When
1: it should be off to the races, it send, goes off to the golf course. Yes. And you're exactly. like, can we get back to the
3: races? That's the thing. I like all that. And they're like, all right, now let's meet Scott Glenn, Ian McKellen in a wheelchair, and Gabriel Byrne, like, in quick order right. with no real explanation. I feel explanation. like you met Byrne by
2: this point. No, because he shows up when they he's bring really him dying. in when yeah. they die. He's right. the heightened. Yeah. Because he comes in yeah. and he's
3: like, it's definitely these Romanian peasants who exploded a guy, shoot yeah. them all. And they just
2: keep saying, like, eight of our soldiers have died and then the right. next time they're like six more have died. Yeah, you don't get to like, see when? any of the death, But you do see like the it's sort a of couple like the the hole at the bottom of the keep is like Moria. It's very yeah. exciting. Very cool. Yeah, very good idea. It seems very ancient. It's like believable that this is very threatening. Yeah, don't don't take the crosses. Can we say uh, What are they going
3: to do with the crosses anyway? Like who's around? Who's we like we them,
2: yeah. you dummy. They only want the one because they're all nickel except for on one nickel. that's silver. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the
3: silver was real good though. Don't that's the important one.
2: They also do look like tinfoil. They do. They do. Yeah, uh, they're, they're very, very poorly I wonder done.
3: if some prop guy like stole one and still has it like <laughs> embedded into his wall.
1: Uh, the creepy beard guy at the beginning who's like explaining. The custodian guy. Uh, right. What's his name?
3: Uh, w. Uh, Morgan
2: Shepard. He says right. like my father did it. His father guarded the yes. keep. His yes. father right. created right. the
1: keeper. The voice he's doing, which I looked it up because I was curious if he was the dude. He sounds so much like one of the movie trailer guys. He does. Not Don LaFontaine, but one of the other, like, in a land where everything has turned evil. And then I looked him up, and uh, that's not, like, his voice at all. That's, like, the voice he chose for this character. But the way he's, like, explaining, like, the mystery of the keep sounds like he's just doing the voiceover for the trailer of the movie he's in.
3: I also like where the Nazis are like, wait, wait, back up, back up. You live here? Yeah. Like, are you in charge? Are you a religious person? We don't he's question just like, it. I, I do, my job. Like, I my, do my job. My father did it.
1: My son will yeah. do it too.
3: An, yeah. I, it's the 20th century. You yeah. just like make sure no one disturbs this pile of,
2: like, you know,
4: if the check clears, <laughs> I don't question
2: it. <laughs> but This is like, I wrote down like when you cut to Greece and then you meet Gabriel Byrne, this is like in the 24, 25 minute mark. Yeah. Like this right. is, Basically a third of the way through this. Yeah, that's what's crazy. Short movie. Yeah, yeah, and everything up until here has been very nice. Love it. But then they like find the weird Cyrillic writing. Yeah, they find the weird writing. And They're just like, let's go get that old Jew who we're keeping locked up. <laughs> right, because we yes, they
3: do.
1: We've seen McKellen on a boat with his daughter. Yeah, he's kind of infirm. He's very infirm. His voice sounds totally dubbed. It also know. sounds exactly like Gandalf. Right,
3: I right. can't speak to the ADR. Like, yes, every yeah. everyone in it this. It sounds movie like it might have been ADR. him dubbing himself. but yeah, no, I know. He it's... feels
1: ADR. He's doing this weird, like Eastern European Gandalf voice, right? And he's like pancaked in makeup. So, let's, and you're yeah. like, why are they? not hiring an old person. It's one of those... Gr- well, but... McEllen right, was, we, right. McKellen was
2: only, like, 70 and when they made this movie, right? Right, right, right. He, he was still a young man. He was a man. spry 7. But this, this is why... I'm glad we're at McKellen now because this is very... I mean, I don't think of him as being in anything at this time, but I'm no. sure he was in He's, many
3: things. No, I don't think so. He wasn't he in wasn't a lot of things. Time. He was a theater guy, mostly. It, it
2: wasn't
1: until, like, Richard With, the Third that he really kind of and became that's when, a movie star. That's why 90? That's 95?
3: 95? Uh, I'm trying to find because you have to, all right, not stage. Come on, filmography. I mean, he's in, he plays. Yeah, no, this uh, is his, this is honestly this is his fifth role, but three of the roles are were made in like the 60s. So, like, it's his second role, basically.
1: Interesting. My my favorite uh, in McKellen performance of the early 90s, of course, is him as uh, the Seven Seals hero. version, I knew you were version of
2: Death. I could tell you. Do you remember that? That last, up, action last action hero action he hero. plays oh, oh, Death right, from yes, the yeah. Seven Seals? Right, right,
3: right, right, right.
2: Which is another thing where when you look back at that movie as with this you're like oh Ian McKellen had a whole career before he was
3: Ian McKellen. Remember he pops up in uh, I'll Do Anything?
2: Right, right. You
3: know, like he he used to be like an English guy. Right. You know, who you could have play an English guy. But
2: he's very exciting in this movie. I feel like if you made yeah. this movie today, he's still the guy you cast in that oh, role. Oh, no question. Well, he'd
3: be so good. He'd be so good. I don't know how you de-age. I guess you would just like do Not the Magneto like an, filter yeah. on yeah. him. Yeah. Right, yeah. But it's
2: very interesting. He's very- or Maybe he
3: just turns into Michael Fassbender. Well, he does he seem, seem to be playing
2: that. Magneto in this movie.
3: Sort of. He is kept yes. in this Jewish He's like kid. a Jew with magic powers. Yes. He's <laughs> <laughs> been locked away. And then he forms an unholy alliance, you know, you know, but he's very tempted by evil.
2: He's very exciting. But one thing about him is like now you have Gabriel Byrne playing a Nazi, correct? which he is not aesthetically qualified to do. Sure. Gabriel
3: Byrne, who's Irish Irish. as fuck. Yes. Um,
2: And Ian McKellen playing a Jew. I feel like Ian McKellen... Does anybody go back and forth between Jews and Nazis more than him?
1: <laughs> that's a
3: great. Because in that's Richard a great
2: Richard the Third, he's you know fascist Nazi yeah right.
3: pupil obviously Nazi, and then, you know and then this you got bent and- uh, he's a Jew in bent he's a yeah. Jew in the X Men movie uh, Magneto movies. concentration camp survivor yeah uh, yep.
2: I don't think there's anything else in his filmography that I'm thinking of that's quite as extreme. Obviously, he played James Whale, which is neither. But
1: yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, he's played a couple other Jews. I'm trying to remember. I mean, the, the polar bear in the Golden Compass
3: is Jewish. Right, that's kind yeah. Well, Gandalf, Gandalf is Jewish. He says Gandalfowitz at Ellis Island and the <laughs> He brings a big platter of locks to the hobbits, right?
1: Yeah, at the start of the movie. Come on, hobbits, come on, take it easy. We eat, oh, Get the ring when we get the ring. Uh, he they, plays Gus the theater cat in Cats this year.
3: Is Gus the theater cat Jewish? Gus or? is
2: you know either a Jewish name or a Nazi name. <laughs> I look.
1: I don't want to do an episode on cats. Okay. But I definitely want to do just a performance review of Cats. Okay. That cast is so insane and those characters are so stupid. That
2: I'm gonna be very interested well, also, in seeing
3: Cats is just a performance review. Because right. the plot of Cats is that a bunch of cats do a performance review.
2: Who plays Bustafer Jones in the movie? And whoever okay. wins I- gets
3: to go to heaven, right? Uh, Buster Jones cast is being played cats? by James Corden. How do you oh, feel about that?
2: Um yeah, that's okay. You want to do it? You want to run it down? Yes. Okay. Idris
1: Elba, McCavity. Rebel Wilson, Jenny Annie Dots. Well, Let us
2: let us react. Okay,
1: Idris Elba, McCavity. Okay, logical. very logical. Rebel I mean, Wilson.
3: This, this, it, Idris Elba w- is in that Fassbender zone right now. Yeah. Where it's like, is this guy bankable? I don't know, but let's cast him. In you know, know what I mean? In everything. In everything. He's been like in that zone him. for a while. He's. Been, I guess he's been in it for mean, a few years.
2: Pacific Rim was quite a few years ago. Oh, he's canceling like, the and apocalypse. He's in Prometheus, right? Yes. So he he's in he's literally PS. in that Fassbender zone. That's true. With he Dorf, was in yeah. the zone there. But now yeah. he's
1: taking like clear lead or clear villain roles.
2: Yeah. Let's like, not. We, you, don't, we yeah. don't need to react to all
1: okay. these. All right. Rebel, fine. Rebel Wilson. Oh, Jenny, well, wait, are dogs. you
2: worried about timing? No. That I want to save the timing for man. I've okay, probably, okay. like Judy Dench. Old Deuteronomy.
1: Uh, obvious. Ian e. McKellen.
2: That, no. Gus the theater cat. Right.
1: These are those are lazy
3: choices. Those Taylor are just Swift. Okay.
2: Yeah, Bumble Arena excited That's about amaze- I was
3: so into that James
2: Corden Mustafa Jones sure and by the way I got some intel on Schrader for the piece about his Taylor Swift of course big relation. fan yeah I got about why he thinks she's so great
3: but he'll talk about it in your, in well, your thing well
2: not to you know subscribe to the Criterion exactly. Yeah. Right, it, right. but it did spoil. make the final cut well I mean we haven't okay. finished yet but
3: we're getting to the good shit Jennifer, I mean there's one that I really want. Jennifer wanted. Hudson Grizabella sure
1: right yeah Jason Derulo, Rum Tum Tiger. <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> Who is that? Jason Derulo.
3: How, how does one describe? I mean, he's not an actor. No, uh, he's a singer. That's like an R and B singer. Yeah, uh, he's famous for saying his own name in songs. Sometimes. Uh, right. Jason
2: Derulo. Are they in the? Ma- are they going to look like they look in the in the stage show? Well, that's uh, a great question. Only or wait. is yeah, it going to be like the here? Cat in the Hat? Michael Myers we must they impress. should do that
1: He also he should be in it as the cat in the hat right he should show
3: up closes
2: the book at the end
1: <laughs> right. I hope they literally just take the cat in the hat makeup yeah. and have them all wear that yes. the exact same but there's
2: no I mean is there a chance that there's like special effects in this movie I don't or know. Maybe I mean, just, just
1: wearing the stage makeup and oh, the leotards it's Tom Hooper anything could happen anything could happen
3: from you you the seen...
2: twisted mind of Tom is Hooper this, cr- this is Christmas this year
3: Christmas yeah. it's literally opening the same weekend as um, uh, Star Wars Episode 9
2: I wanna I want to have a movie on the blank the blank check picture slate. Okay. Ooh, that's a goal. Do you for want the an existing episode. one or
3: do you want to pit like you want to see? Prop. I'll see
2: what's in development. We've got, we got a couple coo-
1: good ones developing without any talent attached. A remake of the keep starring Griffin as the <laughs> Ian
2: McKellen role. <laughs> yeah. No, you
3: gotta keep McKellen. Griffin can be the daughter or something. I'll be the daughter. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> His McKellen is some <laughs> other yeah.
2: You would. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go back to McKellen. I feel like Kay. he is so fun to watch. But he does yeah. like basically he literally says as he does in Fellowship they're coming they're coming they're here right. yeah. in this movie he yes, also says I am Gandalf the Grey
1: yeah he's Gandalf he the Grey he literally says that in this movie
2: I wanted a scene where after he gets
3: touched by Molassar, he like does a dance sort of like the Six Flags <laughs> guy or Charlie in the Chocolate Factory's Grandpa Joe yeah <laughs>
2: You know what I mean, right? Here, he's like, I can yeah. dance, yeah.
3: you know, like that. That would have been good.
2: I feel like one thing about that, which is a very exciting scene, yes. but is almost entirely shot from the reverse where you don't see Molochar's face. Well, because you know, we should mention Molochar is the name which is never said in the movie, I believe. I don't okay. think anyone
3: says that. I mean, of but in that scene monster. is a Molochar. He's mostly dry eyes yeah. right? He's not right. yet been revealed as a. But basically, a well,
2: I mean, it's a, you know, let's assume people maybe haven't seen the keep. Okay. basically like they bring him in to read the Cyrillic and then they just lock him in a room I yeah. do
3: like that they bring him in and he confirms what they've already been told which is like oh no no he actually translates it properly right it's he's yeah. like I wrote
2: down that he says I will be free
3: yeah right right they anyone else who reads the Cyrillic is like it just says like banana potato salad like table leg right like but also it's nonsense like I can read it but it doesn't but he mean is anything.
2: in like a camp when they find him. He's He's like behind Barbara. But he's
3: like an expert on the mysticism of whatever, you know. And his daughter
1: reveals that he is 48 years old. He's 48 years old, old, but he's... a hard (laughs) 40. Yeah,
3: he's a hard 40. He's got some city miles on Um, And... He in the book it's like, you know, it's it's HP Lovecraft shit. It's like Molassar is some ancient yeah. demon, right? right? So it's from that.
2: But then time. in the movie he's represented as looking like Apocalypse.
3: He literally looks like Oscar Isaac's okay. apocalypse. So apparently or like the any I mean was... even
2: just the original Apocalypse, the non non movie apocalypse. It's fair. I
3: mean but the original apocalypse at least has an A on his belt so that you know who he is. You know right. who he is. You right. don't forget his name. Yeah. yeah.
2: What a cool name
3: Apocalypse is. It is amazing that no one no one had taken that one by yeah. like the seventies or whatever. Yeah. Like where the time Apocalypse shows up.
1: Big Apocalypse fan.
2: He um,
3: rules. He's great. He's stretchy. Things. Go ahead.
1: Of course, this character sort of like materializes more and more every time you see him. He starts out more sort of
3: uh. Ethereal. At first, he's really just wind. Right, right. And light. Sort of
2: bringing some weird synchronicity to the Hollow Man episode. Right, which then he sort of becomes like skeleton, then just sort of muscle.
1: Then he starts to have more and more of a human form. Apparently, the idea was that he was moving towards... Looking like Scott Glenn.
3: Yeah, he was going to be, take, like, Terminator form. The final fight uh, would be
1: good Scott Glenn versus bad Scott Glenn. Right, right. Instead, he is, like, this, like, just kind of, like, stunning, like, brick. Uh, Yeah. I do think he looks really cool in the muscle form. But the other thing was apparently Michael Mann could not decide what he wanted the character to look like. This is I've read this too,
3: which is insane. Yeah. I can't really imagine it or this. So like, so what does the villain look like? He's like, eh, I'm still thinking about it. Like, as they're like building this set, but, they but, like, but make was, sure his yeah. face, make sure we have a mold of Scott
2: Glenn's face. Right. <laughs> right.
1: But there was like a contradiction where it was like he couldn't make a decision, but he also was very specific in knowing what but he, he didn't like, want. Right, right. So right. he kept on being like, no, it has to be exactly like this. Yeah, and they would make it, and he'd be like, I don't like it at all.
2: Uh, and this is presumably wall shooting, or at right. least close to it.
1: The other thing was they hired a, a special effects, uh, effects supervisor yes. who died two days into post production. Right. And he had not explained to anyone else
2: how what he his was going Right, do right, right. He
3: was a 2001
2: guy, this is right? is another right. one of those like real. I mean, that sounds like the plot of a movie where someone yes, dies don't. with some secrets, but that feels dubious. Right. Wally
3: Beavers. Totally was true. Name. I
2: mean, it seems to be repeated a lot when you yeah. read about the key, but how can that be true?
1: Man said that he oversaw most of the special effects himself. Like he ended up taking on most of them himself. And I think they had to reshoot a lot of the stuff uh, with the, the creature later.
2: Yeah. Well, when the creature first appears, the Nazis are raping, uh, McKellen's daughter. Right. Right. And he just comes as a big blob of smoke. Very bad. He comes
3: as a big blob of smoke and then he touches McKellen and McKellen turns young.
2: Well, but even before that, he like takes her away. He like rescues her. Uh, And like a shot that I wrote down is uh, genuinely beautiful. Sure. Yeah. He sort of, like, carries her off into the smoke, and it's, like, very evocative.
3: I like him best when he's uh, smoky. Yeah. I yeah. like I like the smokiness. I
2: like the muscle guy. And no, the
3: muscle guy's cool. You're right. I mean, the muscle it's guy's all, cool. He's
2: got the oh, ridges, too, yeah. that you like. You Everything like those, about uh, Molossar is cool. You, you know, know when you see his, like, red hand? Yeah, his, his like red hand's good. He wrote hand. down Molossar action figure question mark.
1: Okay, so can I tell you how I mostly knew of this movie? Okay. This would be, like, I I spent a lot of time in high school, weirdly, on a horror movie message board. Right. Despite not predominantly being a horror guy. Mm -hmm. And there would always be certain people who were very vocal about wanting a company to make a Molossar action figure. Makes sense. There was always this group of people, because this was, like, late 90s, early 2000s, where, like, Todd McFarlane was making all the horror characters in action figure form for the first time. And there would always be people who would, like, bombard like the Spawn website with requests for Molossar, and they'd be like, No one will buy this. We can't produce it. I had the McFarlane right. Leatherface. Right. It was like all of those characters that, like, finally were, like, being made for collector audiences from, like, horror movies and uh, the Movie Maniacs series. Mm-hmm. And I was on this Movie Maniacs message board that was, like, kind of general movies, but sort of more horror and, like, action figure stuff. And I just saw, like, a thousand fucking, like, not even gifts. It was, like, pre prominence of gifts, just like, molasar jpegs and i was like oh apparently some people think this is one of the great monster movie mm-hmm. designs mm-hmm. and then you watch this movie and you're like the the overlap between people who like this film and buy action figures has to be the six people on that message board it cannot be larger. Than I think that. a Molossar
3: no. figure would sell now. I would buy it. I think it would sell now. I will say I just Googled like Molossar action figure yeah. and Google was like, did you mean Pulsar action figure? Mm-hmm. So Google's definitely not
2: on my side. I with was that. trying
1: to find the old forum post and I couldn't do it last oh,
2: time. It was my searching yeah. of this that led me to the, the merchandise spotlight that I Which shared. we'll get to. But okay. he's very cool. And it, so, yes, you're right. He merges with McKellen and then sort of yeah. becomes a full figure. And then McKellen is young. Right. right. The only thing that happens is you now realize why a. Why, uh, a 70-year-old man was playing a 90-year-old man <laughs> because he's actually going to spend most of the movie healed, right. which is, by the way, identical to what happens in Two Towers sure. when they go to, to Rohan. He he he
3: glows up. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, and B- Bernard up. Hill gets uh, yeah, I mean, it's gets. Hard. Hard. It's just the same yeah. thing. It's like yeah.
2: someone who's really old and then suddenly the thing that's... Something happens. Sure. Uh, yeah. But McKellen is actually sick. He's not cursed. He just... He's sick. No, he has like right, an illness. He, right. It's he's forty-eight, even though
1: he looks seventy-eight.
3: He has um, what's it called, a sclerodema. Scleroderma. Right. She's trying to get
1: him to warm it up. Turn on the furnace, um, and that's the the idea of
3: Molassar. I get the the plot if it's happening at this point. At this which this point, is things sort are of happening.
2: Like, so this is where things you start, start happening so quickly. This is where you feel like they just like cut out every other scene. And once right. again,
1: Scotland shows up <laughs> at the inn, meets her, and they fuck within ten seconds.
3: Right, and the the like lighting is completely different. And well, there's it one part where they're sitting inside, like, a, like talking. it looks like it's in like yeah. Roadhouse. They're sitting yeah.
2: inside talking. And then it just cuts to them sitting outside uh-huh. with, like, the sunset. Mm. And then it just cuts back to them being inside, but it's later. <laughs> yeah.
3: So you're saying, right, they're literally just, like, cut, cut, cut.
2: But she just, like, shows up, and they're just, like, there's some guy in your room or something. And yeah. they
3: immediately have sex. Have we mentioned that has, his name is
2: Glaken? His name is
3: Glakin. His name is, Glaken. <laughs> his name is Glaken. <laughs> he Imagine the pitch meeting. Right. I'm thinking Scott Glenn, and they're like, you're thinking Scott Glenn for the lead? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of Scott Glenn, but he's going to be called Glaken. Tris Yes. yes, he'll fight Molossar. <laughs> <laughs> he'll fight Molossar, and they're like, "All right, can they? Can he have sex?" And he's like, "Okay, fine, yeah, yeah. sure, he'll have a sex." We'll say like, like, "I okay. mean, Glaken
2: Fox, we should say that." <laughs> he'll he- say, "Apparently, Glaken and Molossar have been locked in some centuries-old battle." Right. Will that be in the movie? Uh, Depends if you yeah. cut that out or not. <laughs> that would be final maybe. Because yeah.
3: the idea is not bad, which is like Molossar shows up. Seems good. Here are some of the things he does. Right. Explodes Nazis. Yeah. Prevents sexual assault. All good things. Cures illnesses. Yeah. Seems like a cool guy. Rad. And he's like, yeah, okay. I may look like a big muscly, you know, smoke monster, mm-hmm. but don't worry about it. I'm super chill. Can you just do me one favor and go and get that, uh, that talisman over there? Yeah. Maybe pull it out. And uh, bring it to me. Mm. And there's no reason Ian McKellen, who's like a good guy in this movie, wouldn't be like, all right.
2: You know. Well, he does sort of get corrupted. It's like a good bargain. He, he gets corrupted, getting corrupted.
3: A little it's bit a by good- Milosar. You know, like you make bargains with evil to to defeat evil, right? You know, it's like a, it's a good well, fairy and, and tale and he's idea. And you
1: McKellen is like you're working with the Nazis. Who are you to say like? Well, yeah, he, he was in a camp, right? But but that's what he's saying. He's like, are you help- Why are you saving right. the lives of the people who are trying to kill your people? And this would all be good and make
3: sense if then the movie then does doesn't. It just pivots to like Scott Glenn shows up and blows up Mollisar, well, and right. there's no explanation. His magic of why. power
1: is his head can turn into the original theatrical one sheet for. Theater. Thief. <laughs> when he glows, it looks like the thief one sheet with like his eyes blown. It out. also
3: looks like the Arnie uh, model in the Terminator when like Arnie's like I'm now I'm gonna cut my eye uh, out and then we cut to like yeah, oh, the robotic oh, like, yeah, yeah. Right, right. One
2: thing at this point is like this is about an hour in here when mm. the monster. Did you watch this thing, Ben? Yeah.
4: Okay, okay, good, okay. <laughs> yeah, good. yeah, I uh, could not follow it. I, I thought it was fu- there's fun parts. The thing is, yeah, there's not This exactly. is
2: what he look- He looks like that. Yes, yeah, kind of. Yes, he
4: does. Yeah. But like. Yeah.
2: So I have it written here is like an hour and two minutes in, Molisar appears in full. I feel like at this point the movie hasn't sufficiently pivoted at all from the fact that like the rules of this world are different now. Right. Like it has mm-hmm. this insane scene where like a character sort of talks to a demon monster from the depths of the keep. And then the movie just like goes on like none of that has happened.
3: Right. And
2: everyone is just sort of like what's going on? It
3: remains but then there are occasional scenes such as Robert Prosky drinking a dog's blood Yes, that suggests that like all kinds of chaos is unfolding. Yes. But no one explains that and there's no like expositional sort of dialogue of someone being like the townspeople are really acting up, mm-hmm. right? I, like, I was
4: also really confused because Ian McKellen's in a wheelchair, but then he's walking now. Yeah, he gets uh, he gets cured, he he's cured he's with slow. like hiding, it like, hiding it from the Nazis. I like, couldn't. It no, it's a glow up. It's, a glow, they, up. it's a glow up. By it's
2: the way, I mentioned up. this. I feel like to both of you at some point, but Ben, this needs. No one's brought this up since you said it on the record. You're saying in the Sense and Sensibility episode that if a character isn't shown to be lowered into the ground <laughs> with dirt being thrown on their coffin, huh. then you don't know if they're dead. Yeah. Has changed the way I think about, about storytelling. Yeah, about to just, how to tell a story. Right? I can't believe that hasn't come up again on the show. <laughs> because
3: your complaint, if I remember correctly, just for listeners, this is This guy's good. on his deathbed, the, then what happens? The so first scene is again? a guy on his deathbed.
2: I think someone's literally
4: like, giving sick. him last how rites. How do I know he's on his deathbed? Does the bed say death? I believe you use the term oh, he's on his deathbed. Wait, wait,
3: wait. If if the bed said death, would that be acceptable? Yes, like then I would know it's a someone death just bed. like wrote like death on the bed and you can put it together. I death just, plus this. I thing. love the
1: idea that now every time Alex writes a screenplay, he has to do a Ben pass. Just all the to make that, sure it flies by Ben logic. Ben
2: has alerted me to are important. Yeah. But I do feel like in this movie where a lot of characters are kind of just said to have died, this idea of Ben's that like what happens to those characters. Yeah. But this is a, I think a really important Ben thing that's never come back up. Right. Unless it yeah. comes up in some of the episodes. Uh, that I no, heard. no. I mean it's it's a good one to bring up. It's oh, a very yeah. good one to bring up. I I iconic
3: could, episode.
1: I
2: could not up. follow it. I
1: mean the problem is that he is our finest film critic, so he throws out so many burning hot sort of points like that. Not even takes, but just burning hot truths. Burn and takes. Burn and takes. Burn and takes. But right.
3: this
2: movie, like at this point where the villagers are going crazy, you feel like this could be really cool. Yes. And there starts totally. being these shots of what looks like a kind of scorched earth. Right which is exciting.
3: Which this and, whole thing was shot in like whales or something. I mean, yeah, it looks it looks cool. It's like a big quarry.
2: Yeah. And there's like a sense of the evil kind of coming out and there's these constant discussions of we can't let this escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of. Kind of. There's a constant is
3: maybe pushing it. There well, are discussions.
2: Keeping in mind, everything that I'm talking about happens within the last 30 minutes. Of the right. Movie. Yeah.
3: Right, right. Right.
2: Right. I also wrote down when he's in his full form, he looks kind of like Zed from Power Rangers. He
3: definitely looks like Lord Zed, who is a muscle forward person. He's, like, mostly muscle. On
2: the outside?
3: Yeah. It's yes. like, what if muscles were your skit?
2: But you talk about,
1: like, tropes you, you like... You know what a Zed take? Zed? I was not allowed to watch Power Rangers. Just Trump. Did you see the movie? I did. I thought it rolled. Ivan Ooze? Oh, I didn't see that movie. I saw the the new one. Oh, you saw the new one. Right. But you didn't see the classic one with Ivan news? No, was not allowed to see it. Wow. My mom... You're, you're allowed to see it now. ...was a fucking cop. She was like, Sure. She was a fucking media cop. Uh-huh. I'm allowed to see it now. I've uh, prioritized other things above <laughs> mm. Mighty Morphin know, Power Rangers. Like his... I've seen Turbo, obviously. I've seen Turbo That seems
3: like, Power like a Rangers.
2: potential <laughs> uh, Patreon franchise. Yeah, we could uh, do the three.
3: Uh, it's a Power Spicer Rangers. joint. Let me give you the three movies he made Brian Spicer. Okay. It's a hot three. Yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, 1995. Uh huh. McHale's Navy, 1997. Cool. Ooh. For Richer or Poorer, also 1997. So he had a two-film year. That's film? The, uh, the Kirstie Alley, is yeah. it, uh, Tim Allen. It's like a comedy which, version of Witness. In which literally halfway in, Kirstie Alley goes like, is this just a comedy version of yep. Witness? Like, yep. she literally just says it out loud. Which, and Tim Allen's like, I guess
1: so. God, what a funny joke. Is that what he says?
3: He's, he's like, sure. He, he doesn't
2: go. Ah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess
3: Spicer was done.
1: Does he just do, like, TV now? Has he directed, like, 17 episodes of iCarly? He, he,
3: yes. Here are some, yeah, I mean, yeah, his IMDb is just Magnum, P.I., Hawaii Five O, Castle, like, all, all the, yeah.
1: Bones? Yeah. Bones
3: Boys? Does he
1: rattle them bones? He did
3: one episode. He did of one bones. bones. Yes. He was one and out on bones. He does one one bones. I would like to see the Bones boys. You know, uh, Doctor Bones and and Special Agent Mrs. Bones. <laughs> David I don't know anything about Bones. <laughs> well, it's the doc dead? De, de, what's her name? Uh, Emily Deschanel. Emily Deschanel is she's bones. she's Bones, but don't call her Bones. She's always right. like, don't call me Bones. Mm. And
1: then and then Detective
2: Boreanis. Uh, Boreanis, who's Great. like
3: a, he's like a FBI guy yeah. or something, and he's always like, hey Bones, and she's like, don't call me Bones.
2: All right. That sounds great.
3: And they work for the Smithsonian. (laughs) And then it went on for 12 years. 12 years. And they're always dealing with if there's some bones. You know, it's like if the cops find like a regular corpse, they're like, okay, let's call CSI. And if they find like a bones corpse, they're like, we got to get bones in. Hmm. And so in comes bones. Uh, I feel like
2: bones would be good in the keep. You bring them in. I agree. Uh, Oh, this
3: guy got bones. I mean I this Nazi is
2: Bones. This does feel like a a, a great potential X-Files episode. Yes. yes.
3: Definitely. Um, cool, weird Frank Lloyd Wright design. I have a point crypt. I'm gonna get yeah.
1: background to off of that. But uh, Barry Josephson, main producer on The Tick, was also the main producer on Every Season of Bones. Really? And a lot He's of times a He he was like the Bones guy. And uh a lot of times when like things are going wrong on set. Uh, He'll like relate experiences on bones. (laughs) And I always have a hard time not laughing. And it's like, no, just like bones. Hey, sure. I mean, you you do bones. Bones inherently funny. Bones. Bones. It's the fact that it's called bones because. I remember this back season four Bones. We had a real tough time with this. Bones feels
2: like a joke show in the BoJack Horseman universe that Mr. Peanut Butter has been on. I mean, and look, he's laughing all the way to the bank. Like he bought a house on Bones. Two hundred and four. Well, it sounds like he's laughing all the way to the massive lawsuit against the studio. Excuse me, my friend.
1: He won that loss. Oh, he
2: just—he just
1: made out like oh, a bandit. Because yeah,
2: for some reason, Bones was like at the
1: center of all. Rupert Hollywood economics. Right, claimed that oh, all, despite sorry. running for eleven seasons, Bones never turned a <laughs> profit. We kept we kept re-upping it just thinking like maybe this we're is losing the year. money. So they did this thing where they like sold the syndication rights to other companies owned by Fox right, right, and sold it right. for a discount and was like we couldn't get a better price so we're losing money on the show right. Unfortunately, Hulu really bent us over the barrel. <laughs> and they were like, you own Hulu. What are you talking about?
4: Oh God And they my did like the so same stupid. thing with FX.
1: So Barry Josephson like filed a lawsuit against uh, uh, Fox. Right as Disney was gobbling them up and, like, as of two weeks ago, won and is now, uh, uh, I don't know, going to buy a country. Um, did you know that
3: in It's, Bones, like, the
2: biggest lawsuit, like, ever in terms of, like— What if uh, you just used that money to self-finance indefinite Seasons of the Tick? I, oh, God, I fucking pray.
1: Uh, no, it's one—there the, are a lot of these cases where, like, someone sues to have the studio open the books because right. it was, like, everyone who had profit participation on that show never made money. Because they were told that the show was losing money.
3: Oh, so the, you mean they So they essentially just got a check for 12 seasons Correct. worth of profit. Correct.
1: Oh. Whew.
3: Bones. Bones. Did Bones. you know that in Laughin Bones. his way too. Which I, I, I watched two seasons. By the of way, right. there's nothing
2: you could say after that setup that the answer will not be, no, I did not know that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is going to blow your mind. The like sort of third or fourth most important character, Angela, mm-hmm. who's like the. I don't know. She's like the computer lady. Angela bone, or she's a she's a digital bone.
4: Angela. She
3: has this like Bonust. you know um, what do you call it like an Iron Man style three D projector hmm. thing that she's okay. always fiddling with. Yeah. In the second season finale, I think it's sometimes she's re- it's revealed to be the daughter of one of the guitarists from ZZ Top. Bones. Now she's not <laughs> like it's not like the actress is the, the daughter.
1: Character is revealed. The
3: character is revealed to be the daughter of Billy Gibbons who is playing himself, who is not the actress's father. And this is revealed as like, I never told you, but like Billy Gibbons is my father. And then what he like shows up and he's like playing a guitar. What
1: ripple effect does it have on the show? I don't know. He just shows up and plays tush and gets out. of there.
3: (laughs) Yeah. He shows up and sings a bar of legs. And like the actress is played by like a a Chinese American woman. It like, it's never explained. Anyway, I just wanted to. You
2: got a lot lot of bones theories. Look, we we can have all the fun we want about bones than you have about anything in the. I'm really trying to get you guys. A movie made by one of your favorite filmmakers. Yeah, the keep you're like at a real even pulse, and now that bones is being discussed, you're going crazy over there. We can
1: mock it all we want. Emily Deschanel
2: is about to get a cool forty million dollar check,
1: a lump sum forty million dollar check. I'd love it. Bones. 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 All right, back to the keep. Oh God. Alex, we hung out recently and we were talking about mm-hmm. how, especially with like uh, genre films, yep. uh, supernatural concepts, that uh, it's it's always kind of fun to apply the Twilight Zone test. Yes, which is is there any reason this story couldn't be it's told just, in thirty okay, minutes? Right, right, right. You watch Twilight Zone, and those stories are so right. dense. There's so much going on. Right. There's real characterization. There's like full story I mean, arcs. Twilight Zone is turns, good. Right. This but, is also
3: just an endorsement of the Twilight oh, 100%, Zone. Right. But the X Files is like that too. You
1: go like watch a Twilight Zone episode and then watch like a film like this and go like, is this film taking advantage of being full length? Sure. Or is it just a spaced out Twilight Zone episode? Right. And this is like definitely a movie where like there is a 30-minute version of this that is coherent.
2: Mm-hmm. And as I told you, it's called The Howling Man. Yes. It is in the season two of the Twilight Zone. Look that's my favorite up. Twilight Zone.
1: Yeah. That's your favorite?
2: That's my favorite Twilight Zone. The part of the Howling Man is that like a guy comes to a monastery and he like finds some guy in the basement and the guy's like, these people have me trapped here. Let me out. This is crazy. These people are insane. These monks are mad. Sure. And he goes up to them and he's like, so you have this guy trapped in your basement. Should I let him out? And they're like, no, that's the devil. <laughs> and he's like, that's not possible.
3: It just and because like, he like doesn't believe in the devil or he's just
2: like, that's just some crazy. guy. It's right, just some right, guy. Right, right. And they're like, you have no idea what it took to get him here. He's been here for a really long time. <laughs> Don't
3: let him out. Weird that no one's posted at the door, but yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, there's
2: all these monks there right, 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 and the whole thing is him like talking to this guy about whether or not these monks are crazy or this guy is actually the devil. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to this. I love the idea of something. It's such
3: a good idea. Yeah.
2: It's amazing. And the, the show does it in like 25 minutes and um, it's perfect and has the best ending. And it's just about like trapping evil. It's about whether or not you believe in it.
1: Have you guys ever seen uh, Season of the Witch? The the, no, the Cage, Cage, Cage movie? No,
3: I have never seen that. So I not, have seen the Vin Diesel movie. What's that the one? The Last called?
1: Witch Hunter. That one. Yes. Right, which I've is based that. off his Dungeons and Dragons campaign from Correct. high school. Right. Uh, Season of the Witch I love. It's, like, uh, Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman as, like, buddy knights. Yes. I
3: remember Adam Pally on a podcast once who, you know, you're friends with, uh, telling a story about how Ron Perlman at one point just goes, oh, fuck. And and he's like, did anyone even pretend that this was set in Europe? There's, like, like a big running device (laughs) in the movie. Did they just decide not to?
1: (laughs) There's a big running, like, device in the movie that, like, any time one of them saves the other person's life or, like, does a cool move, Uh they go, like, next round of beers on me. Sure. Which I know beer existed medieval times sure. no one was saying that no one's going hey I'll get the next round right. there's a lot of like anachronistic shit like that but they're essentially so you're saying like it's kind of like a, like a Robin Hood men in tights yes it rules I think it's super fucking good it's a Dominic
2: Senna sure and Pearlman sure, and swordfish. Nick Cage you must
3: love swordfish
2: I haven't seen swordfish in a while uh, let's go watch I think we, swordfish we did, right wasn't now wasn't there some joke at some point that I, mean, I forget who I was making this with it we like to make actors Audition with yeah the we Travolta. did we did this on yeah, the on podcast the yes. okay yeah. that's why I was thinking yeah, about. I mean, it all right familiar. carry on we talked okay. about sort but now I, I, Griffin knows this. the, the new thing I like actress audition with is Kevin Spacey's let me be frank <laughs> oh jeez. if you can make that thing sing you can do anything.
1: It's like, it's like putting like the weight. They
2: have
3: to do the accent of as course. well. Okay. How do I know if they're a good actor? <laughs> so it's like yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of the speech is
2: like in foghorn, like horn voice. Yeah. Like is of like, of course, how do I know if they're a good actor? I don't want to see what you've got. I want to see your capacity for, for mimicry. Right. Well, right.
3: Well, but also that is literally like the swordfish challenge of yeah. giving Hugh Jackman a blowjob and pointing a gun at his head and being like, hack into the Pentagon right, right yeah. now. Right. Like, it's like, there's so many strictures being placed. No, on but it's also Why like, did swordfish
2: like, come up before?
3: I don't remember. We're it's t- an inc- yeah.
2: incredibly important a piece of two thousand
3: uh, filmmaking. Uh,
1: it's like putting the donut uh, weights on the baseball bat right, when right, you're practicing, right. so yes. that once you remove them, you can like only hit homers. Yeah. Like if someone can do "Let Me Be
2: Frank," they can they can do anything. I was yeah, I, I was so happy that "Let Me Be Frank" turned up in an ad read.
3: <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> when Griffin d- just debuted that. Uh, Excuse me, unannounced- I believe you're
1: mistaken. When Foghorn Leghorn right, walked right, into this right, office, right, right. a man who has nothing in nothing common with, with Kevin with Spacey. It. All right, what were you going to say about Season man, of the a Witch? a man, a chicken, I say, I say, I say. Season of the Witch. Well, as a rooster, I say, I say, I say. Uh, bones. Um, in the season of The Witch, Nicolas Cage, Ron Perlman are, like, buddy knights. The opening is, like, them going through, like, different battles, like, through, like, the Crusades and shit. Sure. And just being like, next round on me. And then you see them drinking beer, and then you see them in their next battle, and it's like, next round's on you, drinking beer. And then they, like, need a job. And so they get a job where they're like, look, we got this witch. She fucking <laughs> sucks. Can you just transport her? It's a midnight run. Like, they sure, essentially, sure, it's the sure. midnight run setup where they're like, here's a witch in a cage on wheels. Can you bring her to the temple? We need to bring her to to kill her. And the witch is Claire Foy. Claire Foy, yes. In a really good performance. A young Claire Foy. All it's right. like one of her first movie roles.
3: You're just a bunch of boys. Does she say that?
1: Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie is them like making it through the swamp and the marsh, trying to get to this uh, church. And she's trying to convince them the whole way, like Twilight Zone style, that she isn't a witch. And these guys are, like, being tested constantly of, like, are we becoming, like, the the executors of an inhumane sort of witch hunt, literally, or is, is this a witch who's manipulating us with her wiles? Right. And the twist at the end Rich of the movie, wiles. which is one of my favorite twists of all time, is that she's the devil. Oh, she is the devil. The twist is she's not a witch. Right. Witches don't exist but she does have powers. She's the devil and that's why they were confused. Anything
2: that's like, any, I mean, again, this goes back to like so-and-so is keeping something in. It's it's like, anything that plays with this is inherently exciting. Rules. But, could be done in a Twilight Zone runtime, right.
1: but this one—I mean, I'll say this movie gets a lot out of its mileage. You better it's be like, talking
2: about the Keep now. You can't still be talking about Season this. of the Witch.
1: I still on Season they of the
3: Witch. They go on a lot of
2: little adventures.
3: <laughs> I like what you, in Season of the Witch, much as I like in the Keep, much as I like in what was it? That's right, the oh, Howl, the Howling Man. Much like in yeah. Bones, much like in the Howling Man. Yeah, in Bones, it's easy top. I always like the <laughs> idea of like you didn't even see all the work we had to put in Yeah. To getting this guy in I here. Love right, right. me too.
1: Exactly. It's like, you right. just
3: see like the edifice we've had to build yeah. around him or whatever. Especially for you to walk
1: in, muck up the whole
3: situation. And that's right. like,
2: the underground realm here is very well designed. And It very is. Cool. Yeah. It looks And it's great. very strange to think about how they got Molossar in there and what happened to his other body. Yeah. yeah. But somehow... Gaelic. is that his name? Gle- uh, Glacken, Glacken,
3: Glacken. 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 He, I, I don't know yeah, how you pronounce a name it. He's like that.
2: back. He just like is back now. Yeah. I think he's it's in love, just, with, he's in love just... with the daughter. And McKellen's like, you have to help me kill the Nazis, and then right. they're just teaming up, right? Like, well, it's like Glacken. He says he's here to destroy the beast, implying that yes. like yeah. this is this long back and forth, right? Right.
1: And
3: he has. They're going to
2: do this dance forever, you and
3: I. There's that moment where like, and and Molissar is saying to McKellen, like get this you got to pick up this talisman and like mm. bring it out of here bring it to me right like he's yeah. he's tasked him with that yeah. even meanwhile, though Molossar
2: is a body at this point
3: he's a body but he can't touch it i think is right. the idea uh meanwhile Glacken has sex with Eva the daughter and they're in love now. They're in love now. Madly. And then they they go up to the keep and then the Nazis like shoot at Glocken. Well, because McKellen tips them off. And he off. turns he's green. Sort of like, right. McKellen is kind of getting corrupted by yes, Molosser. Very corrupted. Right, and right.
2: then he falls down and turns green.
3: He turns green. Uh, he has like green squibs and, and green eyes. Yeah.
2: And then he's falling and he's like kind of glowing green.
3: Yeah. And then he's kind of out of the action for a while.
2: And now the town is like destitute. The like town com-
3: is a. Everyone's dead or a runaway or something. It's like a level. Which none Evil of which you've level. seen, which is no. weird. That's set. all, except for Robert Prosky drinking a dog's yes. bug for one minute.
2: <laughs> um, and then from here Griffin's on out, just it's, checking all, his emails right it's all now. talisman. No, I'm not. I mean, it, well, yes, I am. It's all like talisman business here. A lot of. a lot of Griffin slow does seem sad that we stopped at Messi's. Walking to a talisman. I don't know what you guys had seen. No, I'm sorry. There was a time sensitive uh I wrote, the talisman looks like a flashlight.
1: It does look like a flashlight. And then.
3: All Scott Glenn needs to do is sort of push it in to right. another flashlight yeah. to create, I guess, like, you know, the ultimate nullifier, right? To, to create the weapon that will end all evil. Yeah. Right. But
2: somewhere in here, I re- like, this is when I noticed that, like, we've seen these sort of demonic, supernatural elements. And then there's, like, five minutes of just Nazis fighting about their chain of command.
3: Yes, yeah. Uh, there's that whole thing where Gabriel Byrne is like, the answer is definitely kill more villagers. Mm-hmm. And Jürgen Prochnow is sort of trying to be like, can't we not be Nazis? You know, he has this sort of like argument of like, look, Jesus, like, I know we're evil, but at this, th- this point, it's like have like an argument this over feels Nazism. Like,
2: this is like a Michael Mann thing where like this kind of relationship of power and authority and corruption is of interest to him. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the movie has gone so far past this at this right, point. Right. The
3: movie at this point is an elemental battle between good and evil. Yeah. And so this scene in, in which
2: a, ends with. uh, him dying but that's where you can see this
1: being a three-hour movie
2: even if it was
1: a shambly assembly because you imagine there's a movie where he gets to explore every one of these things equally
2: perhaps i wrote down here uh do you think playing nazis will ever be subjected to pc equality sure like Mm.
3: is that you mean like you have to be a nazi to to be a pure blood there's so
2: much like you have to be you know like no you have to be but like people haven't been given a chance to tell their own stories so sure, don't sure, cast sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson in, in uh, whatever the Robin R- T- think Robin Tog, it's about time right. we
1: stop we start stopping Scarlett Johansson from playing Nazis
2: I think that's hit
1: it's expiration I well like played too many The Spirit sure Black Na- Widow. Nazi silken floss. Na- Nazi adjacent. But do you yeah. think
2: this is coming? Because watching Gabriel Byrne be a Nazi and then thinking that McKellen could either be a concentration camp victim or a Nazi. Yes. Well, they. Or this should be something that no one cares about because I there's think, no one speaking up I on behalf of... I think
3: people prefer the rule of like, Nazis can only be played by people who definitely can't have been Nazis or be related to Nazis. Hmm. Because when Bruno Gans played Hitler, it was like such a story where it was like, oh, a German guy's playing him? Like, I don't know. Like, that seems touching. The guy in
1: this movie, one of the other guys who I thought looked familiar, and then I looked him up, and he was Dietrich in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I was like, oh, this guy was just the go-to sort of Aryan Nazi dude in the 90s and the
3: 80s. Who is that? Do you remember his name?
1: Find it right now. Wow. Uh yes, uh Wolf Collar right Wolf Coll Wolf- right right. I mean, right.
3: <laughs> born in 1940. Okay, uh. <laughs> um, he also played Yuri Andropov in Firefox. Okay, and he played a Nazi doctor in Sherlock Holmes: A Game of Shadows.
1: Yeah, but his like IMDb photo is literally just him. <laughs> In Nazi uniform, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna get you. That's his headshot. But there is like,
2: you know, that's like a real, a durable kind of character actor in a certain kind of movie at this time. It's just like, you know, the Nazi kind. Of, like Kinski yeah, played many Nazis. One hundred percent. Do you yeah. think anyone will ever speak up and be like, Gabriel Byrne is a Nazi? That's not fair. Let let that role go to like a true blooded Aryan. Don't let, <laughs> uh, don't let Ga- like if they're playing a priest. Yeah, call Gabriel Byrne. But like yes. this is I mean, great, unacceptable. Great you well, cannot. Wolf Collar is a German
1: born character actor who, thanks to his height, six foot two, and blue eyes, was often cast as a Nazi or unsympathetic German character <laughs> in his career.
2: Like how many Nazis did Rucker Hauer play?
1: Many. Unsympathetic German characters. Uh, he also Hauer, who of course
2: does. He was like an oxymoron. Right.
1: He played the fucking <laughs> right. German commander in Wonder Woman. Like this guy's still mostly doing He's still... That's his, World, that's War his, I, um, World War One, World War Two militant germans right just slap a uniform on nazi him. officer in cockneys versus zombies gabriel byrne's haircut in this movie is also
3: london yeah it's
2: also very extreme
3: gabriel yes. byrne's haircut is very and he's like he's so s- sallow skinned i don't know uh, gabriel byrne feels a little lost in this movie there's another movie yeah. i just from it's this era that he's, he's so go oh, excalibur yes. oh, yeah uh, great which movie. he's f- incredible in where, but that he's dialed to like a hundred in that but way.
1: he's sort of yeah. playing the Ray Fines in this, and sure. he's not the right energy for that type of role.
3: Yeah, it might also just be weird because
1: it's Gabriel Byrne. Right, right, right. He's still around, Gabriel Byrne. He got
3: lit on fire just recently. What do you mean? Got lit on hey, fire? Hey, hereditary.
1: Oh, 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 he
3: goes up on. in
2: flames. It's yeah. great. Yeah, no, Gabriel yeah. Byrne's fine. Yeah, okay. okay. I got Byrne. worried for a second.
3: Well, oh, <laughs> no, I think as far as I know,
1: he's yeah. doing okay. Lovely man with a kind soul. I don't want
2: to. Mary Talon Barkin
1: was for many years.
2: Right. Um. Yeah. I, have, uh, I feel like we're pretty much well because, because once then there's this big Clacken
3: shows up. and right, There's no fight. Clacken right. is sort of killed. He explodes so. seemingly, but then he, yeah. back, then he comes back. Right, grabs right, like right. a pink spear. Yeah. And
2: then Plugs they fight. the
3: talisman in. Ian mm-hmm. McKellen sort of has that late revelation of like, oh, you're evil, right? Like I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're bad. Right. He's like, hey, you shall not pass.
2: <laughs> he very much says that you,
3: you um, shall not pass and then apparently there was like some battle they were gonna film that they like didn't have the money yeah this for. is interesting
2: I watched the extended ending on YouTube oh there's the, an extended oh, ending on YouTube yeah it's not any of this like special effects no, stuff right, that got right. cut by the way for people both of them just grabbed devices yeah
1: excuse me um, it basically, I, I, I'm, like, I'm
2: googling the ending it's yeah. like apparently the TV broadcast included some footage that had been used in the trailers weird which Plays it, which, by the way, like what a fucking time to be alive. Where that was just like,
3: if you watch something on TV, you might see this. You might like just completely see like twenty extra footage. minutes that right. someone
2: had for some reason found. There's something going on here where like Scott Glenn is sort of like so basically falling like, through space. So the movie like ends with a with a split screen, right? And then basically what this extended ending is is just like another five minutes, okay? Where she sort of goes from that split screen, and then there's like a bit more with Glacken who sort of has survived. And they walk off together in a sort of like tacked on happy ending sort of thing. Well, right. he's, not, on the
1: Wikipedia, it he's says, not
2: trapped in the keep with Molossar in this sort of extended uh, television ending. Because
1: uh-huh. of this, several new endings had to be filmed long after the crew and original new cinematographer endings. had left the production. <laughs> Originally, a Man had sign. two ideas for the film's climax one with a battle between Glack and a on top of the keep, one taking place inside the keep. The original climax that Man chose involved Glack and, and a in an epic effects laid in battle. On top of the keep tower that ends with Glacken opening an energy portal that blasts forth from the ground of the keep, right It was to be a dimensional portal which would have had similar effects to the Stargate in two thousand and one After that, Glacken would materialize in the cavern below the keep by a pool and be reawakened as a mortal man, okay. Maybe Scott Glenn. With the constant production extensions, film's already well over budget. Paramount refused to pay for the filming of the additional footage, so the simplified ending man put together for release film was a weak, somewhat unsatisfactory unsatisf- uh, compromise. The other thing it says here is he had originally built Mollisar as an animatronic, and they spent however fucking much money building the animatronic right. and, and brought they even- it to set and filmed it, and then he was like, nah, I don't like this. Yeah. And then they had to start over make it a suit for a performer to wear and then reshoot all that shit. Uh, that sounds bad. They shot for 22 weeks. Okay. Yeah, I would look at this.
3: 22 ending. weeks is long, right? Fairly. I'm not well, in the biz. Half, That's almost half a year. Yeah, That's a, it's all a fair amount of time like a, to sink into five a movie. Month, yeah.
2: Five month shoot. That yeah. basically will never be complete. Yeah. And there's, you know, 90 minutes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and grossed uh, $3 million. Crazy. But
2: yeah, it, uh, like, you know, the endings are sort of like, they're all unsatisfying.
3: They are. Um, but then
2: the whole town kind of reverts back like all the, the terror- they,
3: him being okay. blown up is all that town needed I mean it still has the issue that it's under Nazi control yes that's gonna be most of the Nazis have been killed sure maybe they'll send some more I kind of like the idea that Hitler makes it his number one priority to figure out what's going on in this keep and is just like throwing Nazis at the keep like that would be a good sequel
2: <laughs> I like any return to the keep
3: I yeah. basically just like any the mummy style uh, you shouldn't have picked up that fucking brick. Oh, You're yeah. ruined. Like, yeah. I'm just always into that. I love that in The Mummy, the, the Stephen Summers Mummy, so much of the plot is him needing to get his internal organs back because each American took one jar uh-huh. Uh-huh. and he has to like annihilate them one by one. Like, movies need more of that. They need, like, villain business before he turns into a big thing.
1: I also love the thing in this movie where it's just, like, Scott Glenn is awakened and then, like, every ten minutes you cut to him on, like, a motorcycle or him at, like, a diner on the side of the road. Right. They're like, where are you heading? And he's, like, somewhere important. Like, it sounds- it's just this looming thread That's of, like, good. the guy's coming, the guy's coming. And then he shows up and he's just, like power sword vaguely scatman crothers in the
2: shining and his sort of approach
1: right the biker in uh, uh, raising Arizona
2: where you are just constantly cutting to him getting closer and closer I think one of the deleted things that I read about online was that like he charters that boat from Greece and then kills the people on the boat and there was a whole like the sequence showing that he's sort of like something bad as well that he's like the other half of Molossar yeah weird fucking movie you never really know what Molossar wants as you said he, he wants to get out killing oh Nazis God. which is valid. A home a But yeah, that's a good point. It's not like Molossar says
3: like once I'm out of this keep who boy I'm going to kill so many Nazis or he doesn't have like a pitch.
2: I'm they do finally about... going to write my novel. But <laughs> right. well, this does happen in the Twilight Zone episode by Molossar. a sense of like, you know, if he gets out of here, X will happen. Sure. Right, right, right. It right, is very right. exciting when they sort of, you know, I just, you know, the idea of there being a keep is very exciting. Well, all of these things it that just we're looks talking so cool about—the sense that...
1: of of looming progression, mm-hmm. uh, objectives that everyone's circling around, trying to figure out how to uh, uh, realize and complete—sounds like it would be perfectly uh, suited. I'm losing my belly. To speak English, it sounds like it would It'd be perfectly, be perfectly suited. suited for a board game.
2: Ah, well, I lowered my glasses. He did. You're in luck. Griffin, because I found such a board game. Whoa, what?
1: <laughs> can we play it? There's a fucking Keep board game. Like, is they it thought I, kids are going to want to
2: play the Keep out It's at not on home. eBay, but there's a thing I found that I sent about yeah, it. Yeah, i like Board Game Geek. But it's not, you know, there isn't one on eBay for $5. But it seems to be one of those 80s board games that's just kind of like squares and pieces. Yeah, there's like a maze. You move some pieces around. You got to no, stop the monster from getting It's not getting like a out. modern, like a modern board game of The Keep would be very exciting. But that would be like an adult, like oh, yeah. serious. It would be like the, thing, the adult fairy tale board right, of board right. games. <laughs> yes, Right. There was
1: a board game and there was also a role playing game. We there was there's a like a role Dungeons and Dragons game? style role-playing game. Guys, should on I the buy Keep. the Keep board yes. game? Should I buy yes. it for the... Okay. Live show.
2: And they for were... For 40 bucks. Oh, it is
3: on, it is on there. Uh, it, uh, board Game Geek. Okay. That's where you gotta okay. go.
2: David just pulled his wallet out. you yeah. it is, getting the board game or the role-playing game? Wait, 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 oh, you, you want get, me to get the role-playing game? Maybe get I'll get one, one you get
1: the other. <laughs> what is what has been playing ben
2: just
3: found a board game called too many bones okay well, too many.
2: okay
4: well, do you,
2: th- do you think that they were really counting on this movie like hitting that they had this merchandise i mean this Clearly. is an- do you think it was
3: just like they took they brought in the merch guy because we're talking this movie's coming out what five years after star wars six years yeah so then now there's like a paramount merch guy and they're like here's the script what do you think and he's like uh a board game like he he's they're sort of like you think toys? And he's like, we can't make Nazi action figures. Okay, all right, toys are out. Toys are. What out. about
2: Molossar? It's like no, no one wants a Molassar, figure of the big main demon. No, but
3: you, do you think they're like? What about Molossar? And he's like, sure. What does he look like? And they're like, Michael Mann won't tell us. <laughs> so they're, all right, okay, then Molossar's out. And so he's like, it's like a keep. It's like a maze board game. Like I guess can that's we do it. like Snail's Pace Race, but it's like. But as know? like this is an
2: R rated movie, right? Like an it, R-rated adult fairy 100%. Yeah.
3: yeah, it has boobs. And they, uh, It has explosions. And like explosions. they still were just
2: like, we'll make a game. We'll make a board game.
1: Um, I just uh, placed a bid on the keep uh, role-playing game. All right, so you're
3: game. after the role-playing game. Can I just read you I'll, this I'll from the back? Game.
2: You guys are going to own the world's majority of uh, keepers <laughs> I just like in the board game, there's like character I do, cards. I do like those cards. So this is uh,
1: compatible with advanced Dungeons & Dragons. You can use this hmm. with Dungeons & Dragons. With, with advanced...
3: So that's second it's as edition. It says advanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not as good... Because I, I
1: can play Dungeons & Dragons, but I'm not as good at the older editions. Well, you, well let's play The Keep. Uh, <laughs> it's produced by a company called Role Aids, which I imagine they probably changed their name a couple years later. <laughs> um, but here's what they say. The Keep is a faithful and detailed fantasy role-playing adventure based on the major Paramount Pictures film release of the same name. Not only will it pit you against the forces of death and evil but also against the might of the German SS. Okay. Keep features a new set of rules and charts that let you include modern weaponry and tactics and fantasy adventures designed for three or six characters.
2: I mean, that levels, sounds so great. The thing is that this Roman. movie, I mean, again, I really did enjoy this this viewing of it. Yeah. Sure. It sounds great on paper. And when Anna was like, so why didn't we like it last time? It's just like, well, I think when you hear that there's this kind of like vaguely lost Michael Mann movie right. about Nazis and this big Romanian thing and it's you got want a it tangerine a secret dream masterpiece. score. Yeah. And you watch it and you'd be like, well, it turns out that everyone was wrong. This is one of the best movies of the 80s. The right. score is so
1: weird because it's very like melancholy. Like it's not like a thriller score at all.
2: I did a bit of Tangerine Dream score research and it says that the soundtrack for the keep yeah. first of all has like this whole complicated history, uh, history of never being properly released. Because I was like looking for these tracks. So there's this whole complicated history of the soundtrack of this movie where Like it was based on previous Tangerine Dream music. So neither Paramount nor Tangerine Dream owned it. And it was therefore never released. And every version of the keep has had different score in it. Right. Like I guess if this print screened, it would have a different score than what we saw on streaming. And the VHS supposedly also has a different score. And then they never sold it. And then like a couple years ago or 10 years ago, they sold 150 copies of it just at some concert. which is very highly sought after. They just like self-produced. They were just like, we're finally going to release the score of The Key. But then you look at it on Wikipedia and it says, this is like Tangerine Dreams' 19th score and 47th album. Yeah. They have a hundred fucking albums.
3: They, you know, like that. They just do that every two minutes.
1: Tangerine Dreams is coming to the
3: studio? Uh, I hope that's the
4: setup for an ad read. There's right. a, a tangerine hello. dream. It's, a, it's a, a theremin. Yeah, yeah. But,
2: I mean, I saw Tangerine Dream a few years ago. Uh, before <laughs> One of the main members. that's good. That was good. It's
1: good. Uh, the, the, go, ahead, go, go ahead. One of the
2: main members died like recently. Oh, Tangerine okay. yes. Dream. But like, uh, yeah, uh, like two or three years before that, I saw them at the a Patriot. church on the Upper West yes. Side which was very fun. Ah, that's cool. Oh, Jesus.
3: Their past members list is fairly
1: long. Yes. Uh, okay. Everything on every list on their Wikipedia is, is long. long.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Look how many lineups they've had. My God. And yet it's always three people, maybe four or five people. Has
2: now. there like this is their lineups graph. Yeah, right. It looks like, like, I don't know, like an SNL cast. And then that yeah. one that's unbroken must be the one that just died until yes. it's, it ends. Edgar like...
3: Fro- froze, Froes yeah. Uh, who did just die. Yeah. This
2: is like a very, you know, like what, what I cool love dude. about stuff like this and the sort of like claiming this is like, you know, I feel like it's hard to understand like a Michael Mann filmography without the curiosity of curiosities. Oh, yeah. Not every director has a great curiosity. Sure. You know? Right. Right. I feel right, like right. a lot do, but this is like a curiosity to rule them all uh, here's a very serious. question a, he guys. even did
3: the curiosity big, right. That's the yeah. thing. like yeah, he can't do anything but no. like as right. I
2: said of like the Friedkin curiosities of The Guardian and Deal of the Century, like those are unwatchable. For sure. <laughs> right, right. But if you do Friedkin, I'll do both of those. Okay, and we'll we- do it
3: as a double bill. Yeah. Uh, no we, at,
2: at Kim's we had a sealed used copy of Deal of the Century. For the entire time I worked there. Wow.
3: Wow. And no one ever cracked it For three it open. years. No and one, if you had I'm cracked it I'm saying no one ever bought it. And, right. Molassar would have escaped. Yes. Right? Right?
2: That, that was
4: actually it. They right. trapped
2: him in a DVD of Deal of the Century. <laughs> one uh, thing
4: that's in. Which Kim's did you work at? The one
2: on St. Mark's?
4: The real oh, one. Yeah. The did you go to the miss, Did you go to the Jersey the one? Time.
2: No. Because there was one in Jersey. Maybe around the time you were living there.
4: No. I, I wasn't familiar, but I went to Kim's all the time. I rule. I went interact. for records. Yeah. That's why. Well, I
2: I think the vinyl was on my floor for a couple of years.
4: Oh, word. What, I what almost was your... definitely,
1: I don't know if we've talked to this, I almost definitely traded in DVDs. To you. I was my,
2: I was, I, I, you were the buyer. Definitely. I did a lot of buying.
1: Yeah. Um, if you how, came during the day. Uh, how long oh, yeah. did you work at Kim?
2: Three years. Mm-hmm. Almost exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost definitely sold you like season two of Seinfeld.
2: Well. So that Jesus. I could
1: buy whatever. Fucking, season three
2: of Seinfeld. Yeah.
1: Well, season <laughs> right. two was
2: on the uh, <laughs> season one and two were a single package. They as were because season
1: one's
3: only four right. episodes. But so you
2: remember think, another thing yeah. that we had that sat around forever was like I forget what they were, but it was like these DVDs. It was like AFI presents, and it would just be like a one-hour thing with some filmmaker. Okay. But there's, like, one of Michael Mann. That they were, like, around. a Where he's talk? just,
3: like... Wah. Yeah, it's just, yeah. like,
2: a sort of extended like? special you feature. You don't know what he looks like? No. Look him up. He looks exactly like you'd think he looks.
3: Yeah, he looks like a lawman okay. from the, you know, 19th century. Oh,
2: you know what I think
1: those are from? Because I'll sometimes see those, like, outtakes on YouTube. When AFI would do their, like, 100 years, 100 blank specials, they would, like, pick filmmakers sit them down and be like we have like an hour of your time pick like 12 movies you want to talk about from this list so they would like cut in them as talking heads on whichever ones they pick like i've seen 40 minutes of spike lee being like pass pass Uh, like they're reading it off to him
3: this is my thing yeah, it, you have to do them all it's the De Palma thing you have to do them all
1: I don't care no because they're not talking about their own oh, films. Okay. Oh, right, they're right. talking like, about the AFI list
2: and they're going oh, sure. like Spike
1: Lee do you want to talk about the searchers and he's like no next yeah, but yeah, in yeah, terms right. of like okay. the
2: Michael Mann director cut like he seems to have said as we alluded to earlier that like this one's not worth it it will be too difficult yeah. the materials are too disparate this is exactly right. what I want to see like the Keep director's cut. Though. Well, it seems yeah. like one of those things. It almost seems like one of those things that would be done by fans. Yes. Like a fan reassembled. Like the thief in the cobbler. Yeah. There'd now be like, some yeah.
3: Kickstarter or something. Right. right. Like yeah. That's there how was, it would happen.
1: There was a Kickstarter to make a documentary about the making of the key. I feel like I saw sure.
2: things about that. It and might it, exist.
1: It raised a fifth of its, uh, asked for. <laughs> right. That's the budget. thing. The keep is just never going to be important enough. But people are rapid. The, it's just a small. but It's very hive. small. Yeah.
2: Do you like, remember like the Nightbreed director's cut a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. There was like all the, like as it got similar to the Metropolis thing, as it got more extended, mm-hmm. the footage got lower quality. Right. To sure, right. the point that like 20 minutes in this thing that was like released and available for sale yeah. was off of a VHS with timecode on it. Oh, wow. <laughs> You can't even get the time code off. Well, that's no, like, it's burned into the yeah, only copy of right, the dailies right, that right. Clive Barker had in his house. The Manhunter
1: director's cut, like shout factory, just put Manhunter out and the director's cut is like noted. Additional scenes are in standard definition.
2: You know, what's very, huh. uh, that's very interesting. So I don't huh.
1: think he ever did like a full proper. <laughs> recut. I'll say yeah, this yeah, about, yeah, about the idea
2: of a Michael Mann and a sort of tinkerer. Mm hmm. Thinking about like, uh, you know, just like the power of DVD, as Mm -hmm. we all know and love. Love it. Like, director's cut is a very exciting phrase Mm -hmm. because it it makes you feel like there's something different. Sure. But nothing was ever more exciting than the phrase alternate ending.
3: Yes. Alternate ending is the best one, which is usually in a circular sticker or something, right? Like, it's like. Yeah.
2: The biggest selling point. But to say that The Keep has multiple possible ending what's the last movie that
3: did that like Got an alternate ending. like because i remember like napoleon dynamite came back with a new ending um, you know like where movies would do that occasionally where they'd be like it would be re-released in theaters oh. and like hey come and there's a new well, ending.
1: avatar was re-released but not with a new I'm
3: ending. i'm just talking like as a dvd stuff. Stuff. No, I, know, I know what you're talking about but i'm thinking of this gimmick uh i am
1: legend yes that was for blu-ray but that that they were like blu-ray. we pointedly have a totally different ending hmm. because people were so unsatisfied they, like,
2: finished the effects on the other well, end. They, 28 they, Days Later, I think. This isn't also. an yes. ending, but, you know, they just re-released The Star is Born with, like, new songs. They did? Yeah. They did. Yeah, It's a very old-timey gimmick. Which I, weirdly,
3: even though I love that movie, like, had no interest in attending. I was like, I already did oh. that. Oh. Like, I'm very emotional about that movie. I don't need to see. Not a real starhead. Well, that's how I feel about Miami Vice, too, where it was like, there's a director's cut. I was immediately suspicious. I'm like, I don't understand how you would improve that
2: movie. Does Michael Mann still hold your faith at this point? 100%. Even though he, you know, sort of tinkers with and occasionally fouls up his movies? I mean, people say that... Oh, they're... yeah, I don't mind that. I, cause... The black hat is better, right? Have you seen The black that? hat no. just makes it make sense. Right. It's like he put it
1: back in the original order. Okay, the clock the is ticking. What clock... is that a
2: countdown to? To, to Ben kicking
1: us out of the studio. I
2: am... Um, I, I'm... I mean... Maybe by the time this episode uh posts there'll be more news. I'm trying to get the black hat director's cut for you guys. Okay. Did you know that I was also, doing, did you know that no. I was doing yes. this? No, I told you that.
1: Okay. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. cuz we we want to be able to Screen the black hat. Yeah, director, I'm trying. That's I'm, our dream for the end. of I, this I can follow series. up,
2: but I'm I'm trying to track it down. Right. Yeah. Right. From someone at Legendary. I mean, I, Black Hat, and, I, I, and right. you know, is not rules. the person responsible for losing a hundred yeah. million dollars yes. on Black Hat, but still works
3: there. <laughs> black Hat's the one where it's like every other man movie. You're like, look, you know, it didn't it make a ton, yeah, but right. it cost a yeah. hundred. Black hat's someone we like. Oh Jesus! It made
1: nine. <laughs> Did it make nine? <laughs> it like opened in January, and I like January fifth or something. Right. It opened like first week of January. I think it it opened in like
3: the Kevin Hart. Made
2: eight. <laughs> I was overshooting. That's, it. Aston- that's a stunt. It, that's that's it called to eight. It, it made eight oh oh five nine eighty. You know, Opening like, weekend was four or five,
3: three point nine. Wow.
2: I mean, that's,
1: that's, it's
3: that's catastrophic. A movie directed yeah. by Michael Mann, came, starring, starring Thor, Thor came right. out in like, rec- like while we were doing yeah. this podcast or I mean, right before yeah. we started it. Yeah. But th- this in re- January yeah. released by Universal this I re- saw it at the Court Square Court Street Theater with no one in attendance I remember
1: going to see it during whatever that was like the last major snowstorm where people are like sure. you might not be able to leave your house for 3 days right. and I was like fuck I want to see Black Hat before the snowstorm hits and I went to the theater and was like I might get snowed in <laughs> I might have to spend 2 days in the Magic Johnson Theater and that's a that's a chance I'm willing to take right. Right.
2: but this is like this really refutes my notion that he's like become an, like one of the guys. Like, yeah, it was weird how no one showed up for that fucking I mean, that's movie. a bigger bomb than I think any other major director has had in the last decade. That's one of the biggest it's, bombs it's, of all time.
3: It's a, a huge, it's an indefensible. Because it bomb. truly
2: was an over $100 million budget,
3: right?
1: So it's it listed as 70 I think it probably. It may have cost more. Yeah. But it also,
3: then and then he was like, a director's cut, it airs on FX only one He screened time. it once at BAM. Screened it at BAM one And not time. even FX, he put it on Epix. Epic's. No, I I recorded it on oh, really? FX with ads oh, crazy. and I watched it. Yeah. That's the only time I've seen the director's cut. It moves a crucial event from the end of the movie to the beginning.
1: Right, which at the beginning of the movie, uh, but there's also, it, right.
2: We'll is talk
3: there? about it on the Black Hat episode. We'll talk about it. Black Hat we'll
2: episodes. Episodes. <laughs> so one yeah. thing I did think during this, uh, Ben, obviously the clock's gone off, so we only have another hour, Yeah, <laughs> but um, here's, okay, I, sometimes, I like of, clock, sometimes I like to think of- the new clock, Sometimes I like to think of- overtime clock. It's hit zero, and now clock. it's going up. Sometimes I like to think of uh, fictional movies. Sure. Like mm-hmm. movies that like, oh man, that would be great. Mm-hmm. And I have one that I think will excite both of you. Okay. Perhaps David slightly more so. Collateral is what? 2003? I was gonna four? say four. Yeah, it might mm. be four. Michael Mann's four, Mission Impossible three. Oh my god! <laughs> like, could you imagine a better movie oh existing no. in no. the world than I, if than no. if, than if Tom Cruise like he so was floated at some. If well, Tom Cruise was just like, I'm gonna do what I do. Yeah, I love- you're yeah. my you're my guy. Exactly. Now. Right. I-, I loved
3: making Collateral. Yeah. You're you're gonna. Fix Mission Impossible. Like,
2: can you imagine how oh, good, because my, my friends and I, we used to always oh say God. that the best thing would have been that would be if so after good. Titanic as a palate cleanser, Cameron made Mission Impossible 2. Oh my God. And right. just like totally analog oh, action movie. Right, right, and it would right, be right, profound. Right. Yeah. But now yeah. this has replaced my ideal, all, all my fake movies are Mission Impossible sequences. Well, well, wait, right. three
1: was Fincher. No, th- Originally, then Fincher quit. Oh. They, uh, well, they announced Carna- Carnahan. Before right, that, right, it was right. Fincher. Fincher was developing three. They announced it. He quit. He was like, I don't want to be doing franchise shit. Then I feel like there was a point where a couple names got thrown out. I feel like I remember man being on that list. And then Cruz saw Narc hired Carnahan. Carnahan was two months away from filming. He quits. Had Cruz seen Collateral, though? That seems like the obvious. Well, this is around the time he's making Collateral. Yeah, I mean,
3: it just seemed Carnahan was hired after Cruz saw Narc and was like, what a movie. Right.
1: And that's O two. 2
3: Yes, and... um,
1: I feel like that's when it happened. I feel like after Carnahan quit, at a moment, there was like... Carnahan
3: quits in July 2004, so that's right when Collateral's coming out. right?
1: I feel like Cruz put him on a list for a moment. But here's... This is
3: the... No, because it's like, um... 2000... Carnahan quits July 2004. And there's that famous story of, like, Cruz saw alias like he like holed up in his house and watched it all and called Abrams almost immediately Uh yeah like the only reason he wouldn't do this to man is they had just finished a movie yeah right and at the collateral premiere I think is when Jamie Foxx buttonholes man and is like we should do Miami Vice and pitches him on this whole thing with like a license plate as the final shot before they cut to credits do you know? But we'll talk no. about this on the mic. Okay, well, yeah, Jamie yeah. Fox had like this hole where he was like, "Here's how we begin." Like he, like mm. he's yelling at my, And Michael Man's like, "Sure." He let's put do headphones
2: it. on, Michael. Man, and was playing Linkin right? Park.
3: Like, yeah, <laughs> this will change your life. I, you know, but what's, what's? But you're right because Carnahan is like a you know yeah, D-list Michael, Michael Man. Like it's right. right like yes. it's like if you're uh, going for that energy, if that right, he was jazzed on. I him just at that like moment. I just
2: there's nothing that I think is a more tantalizing non-existent movie than yeah. Uh, no, that would roll at that time like there's really not a lot of special effects and he wouldn't have done them anyway and those movies don't have them right but he's never done anything like that what's no. amazing looking yeah. at his filmography after watching this is like they're all everyone feels like a passion project yes right which is crazy you can't say that a very people. everyone feels
3: like he swindled uh, a studio into giving him money yes right like it's like that he tricked them somehow
2: yes yeah, somehow and like right. everyone feels absolutely like the thing he wanted to make at that time even this to some Strange extent. This
3: is the weirdest one, though. What are you looking at? What no, I was, got, just, got, I was trying
2: to see if I could find any moment where
1: Michael Mann was like rumored for one of the Mission Possibles. But it does feel like, I mean, now that Mission Impossible has become one director's franchise and it's moved away from the like new guy sure, every right. time, it does feel like that's the only way that Michael Mann would get a movie made ever again. Well, it's sort of like is if it was Fincher. part of a franchise like that where the actor was like, I demand that you hire. Right. right. Like if, if Hemsworth like, was like, Michael Mann is doing Thor 4 another not opposed
2: I, but see that doesn't seem like he would he would don't that he can make it an adult fairy tale yeah, um, about fascism well, actually now now you've changed my mind
3: yeah. um, but no yeah no the man um, what was I going to say uh, fuck uh, yeah it's like World War Z2 right? right like that's how Fincher was going to get back in right But also, like,
1: Michael Mann's like 76.
3: He's 78. He's old. Wow. He's He's just uh, put out a book. book. That's why he's on Instagram. He's promoting his book.
1: And then you're like, the last time he tried to do TV, too many horses died. (laughs) Like, it's not even like, well, I'll just go back to TV. Like, he's done TV. That's (laughs) not exciting. There's nothing like luck
3: where they were like, a horse died and people are like, oh, that's sad. And then, like, two days later, it's like, like, three more horses died? Like, it wasn't, like, one more horse. Sounds weirdly
2: like the plot of The Keep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, these, they just Kind keep of, dying. right.
3: Maybe they, but, like, oh, have you seen Luck?
2: No. God, it's weird.
3: Nolte. Nolte and Hoffman just are right. going, Like, there's no plot. It's so weird.
1: The craziest thing is that I they renewed
3: again. it. Right. They unrenewed started it. Started
1: season two. They filmed yeah, they started, for, like, yeah. six weeks and went, like, I'm sorry, too many horses are dying. <laughs> Like, the bad press was coming out about the horses having died while season one was airing. They were like, horses be damned, we're going ahead. And then they started a new season. Five horses died in, like, halfway through the first episode. And they were like, we're cutting our losses. Because Mercedes rule. There was, like, a deadline story that was like, Mercedes rule is starting her comeback. She's largely been (laughs) off the screen. And now she's coming back. She's the new Co lead of season two of Luck, right. and then six weeks they were like JK JK LOL LOL.
3: They, they were like JK LOL, LOL. Yeah, told you JK JK. Yeah, LOL, they um they uh, uh tell me you love me that. And one. he what yeah. he
2: directed the pilot and the then pilot, was kind of like yes. an overseer. Was executive?
3: Was an, executive uh, was an overseer. Yeah. He only directed the pilot. Yeah. Mimi leader directed an episode. Terry George, yeah. like he brought in you know Philip Noyce directed yeah, an episode. Wow. Once
2: you get to it, I hope you cover like his weird kind of two thousands producing career.
3: Um. Yeah. Well, we got to like I the aviator. Mean, the and aviator like other, oh, right. He wanted to make. He just seems like one of those yeah. guys
2: that like develops way too much. Yes. And then doesn't end up making half of what he. And developed. and he
1: used to be able right. to do that because so many A-list people wanted to work with him that he could set it up and they would buy it at the promise of you got Brad Pitt attached. The other thing is that all of his premises, if you give them as ben an looks elevator, pitch, so happy
2: right now. Oh,
1: the keep. All Keep of on his, keeping on All of his movie premises at, in the form of an elevator pitch, sound commercial, especially combined with those actors.
2: Yes, and then he ruins them by making artistic, His movie. artist, right. artistic movies. That's right, but the,
1: you understand why people kept on giving him $100 million. Because they're like, it's like a gangster movie with Johnny Depp in 2010? No. Nine. nine? That has to work. Christian sure. Bale. Right. That movie has one of the insane casts.
3: Of course. That movie is crazy. That movie has such a good cast. I can't wait to see. That's the one I've only seen once. Me too. Yeah, it's the I'm only one I've only it. seen once. I did it. It a lot. When we did time. our little
2: series, when Black Hat came out, we didn't revisit in it. In my
3: famed spreadsheet, it is Christian Bale's only nomination. What? Isn't that crazy? You don't like
1: Bale that much, right? I like him fine. That's crazy. That's the only time it's you've tough got to make it. the five. Ben's leaning that microphone like, like he's Tom Jones. It's tough to make the five. <laughs> tough to make David, those five. do me a favor and eat a bowl of farts. <laughs> tough to make the five. Tough. tough to make the Sims oh five. Oh my God. He is so proud <laughs> as he says that to me. And poor Ben looks like he was going to say. Make ben was the about to five. What were you going to say, Ben?
4: Uh, I want to sort of, on the record, okay. say okay. why I think.
3: This one's coming out in May.
4: Yeah, I think that man May. May the Fourth be with. Uh, I don't because I don't know enough about if he has like he's had hits, but we're talking about his flops. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say I feel like his pseudo intellectualism is like this thing where it's like it's not for smart people, but dumb sure. people don't really like it. That's the best way I could explain that's
2: it. That's very apt. He's, you know, he, these are smart movies. These are yeah. not. Like, they all, But they're have... also kind
1: of about little boy subjects. Like they're about like like sure. cowboys and guns, Indians right, and right, like, right. cops and robbers.
3: I mean, collateral is are,
4: like kind of rough around right, the edges. Right. The and pitch collateral
3: is something a child would come up with. Right. Like what if a cab driver like, right. you know, like, you know, that is a, that's a great pitch, but it is a kid pitch. Right. Kid pitch. Kid that's pitch. a new idea.
2: Is there a blender in the oh. cable? no there's I mean there's nothing nearly Is there that, any blend any blenders like,
3: you've discovered recently that you felt were particularly blended? no I feel yeah. like
2: you should keep a lookout for them he's too smart for stuff like that yeah man,
3: man is not really something blendery. that like
2: yeah you're not gonna find a lot of blenders you're not gonna find a lot of like uh super hammy performances in these not gonna find well, any you're not gonna find any jokes in any of these movies well, no, there will be jokes, but they'll be delivered with utter seriousness. <laughs> yeah.
3: like,
2: like, there's a few jokes in Collateral, but I think you might go... Collateral's like, kind of funny. ...10 movies without, like, any humor.
3: Miami Vice has that, like, weird monologue where, like, Jamie Foxx is, like, talking about how, like, if people stand still, they're skyscrapers, like, that whole thing, mm-hmm. which is, like, delivered seriously, but is a joke.
2: Yeah. He's I not a know. humorous guy. No. Something that, but to Ben's point, this is, like, what I love about his movies, like, they're not... like. Do you, if I were to say, this is a phrase we use at home a lot, a pizza movie. Do you know what that is?
3: You mean like a movie you watch while you're eating pizza? Yeah. yeah. I, like a sure. movie that I know exactly you what you're can talking instantly
2: about. picture it in the car on top of a box of pizza in a video box coming home from the store. <laughs> right. And like, <laughs> Right. This is like a twenty-year genre. Yeah, right. That like sometimes it's like the
3: client is a pizza. Movie. Well,
2: any Grisham, any, Grisham any Cruise, right. any right. Gear, any right. Harrison Ford. Right. It's a pizza like, yes. movie.
3: Yeah. Like presumed innocent, which I just watched. Yeah. Classic that's a great pizza. Great pizza, pizza. If they're
2: in a courtroom, that's yeah. a pizza movie. But like yeah. Yeah. ET is the first oh, pizza movie because they eat pizza in it, mm. and like mm-hmm. it just—it's a movie that,
3: placement for pizza. It's a
2: movie that was like—is <laughs> there a movie where anyone eats pizza before ET? <laughs> well, Yes, but not a not not a movie that is so perfectly paired with the rise of VHS and the idea that this movie was probably watched in the presence of pizza more often than it was not. Mm. And Michael Mann does not make pizza movies. He doesn't make like a kind of, you know, like Saturday night, let's grab like a fun no. legal thriller. No, they're challenging films.
4: They're long. You have to pay attention to everything that's yeah. happening. You yeah. can't look away.
2: Yeah. Like they're really serious movies, but they're super lowbrow movies, which is like a very classic kind of forties, fifties style of filmmaking that no one cares about at all anymore. So,
1: Alex, you said at the beginning of this episode that you want to get a project on the Blank Check picture slate. Yes. Honestly, our door is always open for you. If you want to pitch us anything, come to us first. Ben looks engaged if now you, for the first time in an hour. you want a first look deal, we'll <laughs> sign cracking you. cracking an egg into a bowl? We're, we're willing to make an overall deal. Sure, you can sure, prop sure, your shingle sure. up here. Right, right, right. Uh, we'll get you a bungalow. So we're going to have shingles within shingles? Shingles within shingles. Uh-huh. Um, the keep is kind of shingles within shingles. Yes. Hey now. Thank you. Uh, So I'm looking. This is you know a little bit out of date, but of course the famous blank check uh, pictures keynote address, Kevin Feige style. That was very real and not photoshopped by Pat Reynolds. And here are some of the projects I forgot we have on the docket. (laughs) Uh, The buzzed, of course. Yeah, I feel like that comes up a lot. Still no director attached. Uh, gadget, the Gadget reboot that That's David my pitched, pitch, right? in which that I play Inspector, play Inspector Gadget. Yeah. I
3: feel like I could do that, and I feel like there's a window on Griffin being able to play Inspector Gadget. Like it's
1: not forever that
3: he can. It's not this. forever. He used to
2: be a sprightly guy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, How old was French Stewart? <laughs>
1: French Stewart was a pretty good gadget. I, I mean, I've talked about that, but Inspector Gadget Two is far more accurate to the cartoon, and that's better.
3: I'm going to tell you exactly. I need to know now. Inspector. Uh, gadget here's another one. Two thousand
1: three. On... He was thirty nine. Oh, so Griffin's got a long time. Yeah, Griffin, you still got a few years. Well, but I'm thirty, going on forty five. <laughs> I'm going to skip all those middle years. Mm-hmm. I'm like the keep. I'm like slowly materializing into an old man. Um. Uh. Here's another one on the slate. Henry Darger's Rems of the Unreal. Now, the problem no is m- Ben has about. sort of this has been his big passion project. He's been yeah, producing yeah. it. Everyone thinks eventually Ben's going to take over and direct it. That he's going to make it his directorial. I feel like that's
2: that's the buzz. Right. Maybe. Right.
1: right yeah, uh, yeah. Ooh, buzz, yeah. I think he would rather get like, you know, a real sort of craftsman because
2: th- that's a commercial. Ben play, is sort right? of the Eric Roth of, of the exactly. pictures.
1: Right. But realms of the unreal. He might not be able to let go. Uh, of course, you got easy writer. The Esther Zuckerman story of course
3: We' Sarah, Sarah Steel. Steele attached.:
1: Yeah, uh, Esther
3: recently saw Sarah walking out of the metrograph yeah. and I was
1: like, you gotta you know you gotta sign her up. She's attached as far as I'm concerned. Mm. And then the other project listed here, uh Midnight Run Forbidden Origin," which of course has now been retitled Midnight Run 2049. Uh-huh, okay. I didn't um, realize we were we I, we've been courting Paul Thomas Anderson for that okay. one. how's that
2: going? We're, you
1: know, court is in session. He's a Patreon subscriber. Right? He's a Patreon subscriber. No, be, yeah, he's a checker. That'd be funny.
2: Yeah. He's a Haas hog.
1: But he's a Haas. Ho- he's only a Haas. <laughs> he's like, I'm only <laughs> in it for Haas. I'm in it for Haas. Do
2: any of those jump out to you? Or yeah, do you, think, do you have think, any other projects gadget, you want to pitch no, gadget. gadget. For now. Okay. I'll think of something. Yeah. Gadget's
3: in your wheelhouse because I feel like you like yeah. that IP. The, those, yeah, yeah, exactly. The sort of uh, distressed IP. Yeah. It's
4: distressed IP. It's distressed. All right. Yeah. I got a pitch. Great. New one. Because I'm, I'm currently I'm working on my screenplay for Night Eggs. Yes, yeah, which is very exciting. Which right. uh, Chris right. White's is... attached uh, to direct. Tasha oh, no, he's
2: to produce.
1: He hasn't confirmed.
4: He's, well, be, he's been
1: eyeing the director's
4: chair. <laughs> he's
2: definitely still listening at hour three of the Keep uh, podcast. No question. <laughs>
4: <laughs> as far as I know from Whites, he's all in. He's, weirdly yeah, all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I had this new concept. What if uh, you make a podcast movie? No one's done it. Podcasters in the new Halloween,
3: yes, which is the best thing about it is that the podcasters are savagely murdered (laughs) very early into Halloween.
4: Do
2: sort of like, um, like Ponty Pool, but with podcasts called Potty Make it (laughs) Potty
4: Potty Potty Pool. pool. (laughs) What, what, make like Occupation Movie, right? Like those, that's like such a straightforward kind of like like, working
1: girl at a podcast network. Mm. Like the Oh, Ben
2: is tilting his head like that's an
1: interesting wasn't idea. Wasn't Love the TV show? Didn't it have some
3: podcast
2: content in it? Never She's wasn't. definitely
3: like a radio One show. One of my
2: favorite ways that you guys describe movies when they come up in box office game is like, it's a movie where this guy has this job. <laughs> right. So and this, that's the pits. So this would just be like, you, you know, that like... Uh, that, <laughs> Which who, is a real pizza movie
3: sort of yes. overlaps. Oh, totally. So, right. But it would just what be like... What if Michael Keaton was a house painter?
2: Yeah. Like, what if this guy just works in a... Like, what bet. if he's just the podcaster? Um, a podcaster, we should put that on the slate. What, you mean Michael like an air? You, you mean like an planner. airheads of podcasting, where like a studio gets taken hostage, I, but I'm, it's not live, so no one can really get the or word. What out? What if it's like it's
1: <laughs> it's the uh, like it's a mad 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 world of podcasting, where instead of it being like all the great comedy stars of our time, it's all it's like, all,
2: a it's mad like Dash Dash Sarah
1: yeah, you guys,
2: us. <laughs> That's
1: it, um, Rogan,
3: <laughs> Ro- Rogan. <laughs> Fucking who's on the charts right now? Marin, obviously. Richard Simmons. We're all at some trying point.
1: to find Richard Simmons. Right. That's, yeah, right. we're not trying to find money buried under the tree. Adnan, he's
4: there. Adnan, <laughs> oh, yeah. Jay, Nisha. So it's just mostly cereal? just cereal. Hey, listen. I have sat <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday many nights. Listening to Snooky. Oh, Snooky's part of the movie. Talking about some inane shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is absurd. What is my life? And I got to wake up and then talk about The Keep with these two idiots. Bar-
3: Barbaro. When Barbaro? You, I, don't know okay. I think there's thank something Thank you for inc- there.
4: not including me in one of the idiot
2: counts. <laughs> right. We're not talking about The Keep. Yeah. Um, well,
1: well,
3: look,
2: well, The Keep when is when fun you, to talk when about. When you put it that it sounds, way, it sounds
1: like you have a pretty charmed life. And do 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 do, do,
3: do, do. <laughs> semi-charmed life.
4: Yeah, I know I picked up on that. Oh, okay. Ben he just want didn't want to react. Something else <laughs> he didn't want to, react. Yeah. to
2: do with his Is there a box office for the keep or is this? Yes,
3: there is, my friends. This is asking. definitely one of those times Life, where the, the discussion
2: of baby. the of the movie's chronology ended, but there's always other things to talk about.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But no, we actually should play the box. I knew it office would excite game. you
2: guys too much to mention the phrase Michael oh. Mann's mission impossible. 3. Oh, I it. Oh, think of other things like this. Think of other like fake things that if they were real would be sublime.
3: Right. I. You, it's going to be tough to top. What what's going on? Ben? Remake ben House just, of Leaves.
4: But make it that a podcast that a blind man recorded is discovered. Hmm. Ben's sticking his tongue out like he just
1: <laughs> yeah, right. shattered the glass backboard. <laughs> right. Tongue
2: is still out.
1: He's doing like a Nicky on. Yeah. <laughs> like How do you having, like me now?
3: Right. Raising his arms. And <laughs> ben
1: yeah, is now right.
2: doing full De Niro face. I think you guys have learned He's that when taking you. taking a bow. <laughs> When you crack like a certain <laughs> runtime, uh-huh, the way to stop Ben from wanting to end things is just ask him what he's thinking what about. Exactly, <laughs> like let him off That's the true. leash. Ben, That's what true. do you want out of this podcast? I mean, it's been half an hour since the... I know, oh, I know, NL. I gave up. Okay, so what, let's talk box
1: office.
3: Okay, okay. The keep came out. It, terrible time to come out, by the way. December 16th.
1: What was the final domestic total? 4.1,
3: uh, 2. 4.2. It, 4. it 2. is
1: crazy that 30 years apart, unadjusted, <laughs> it still only made a little less than Black Hat.
3: Right, because adjusted for inflation,
1: it, it uh, handily outgrew. The Keep
3: Black Hat. made um, $12 million. Yeah, yeah. Great job, The Keep. Yeah. Um, it came out. The Cat made 8 eight it made eight it got eight. to eight that's insane which of course it crawled to eight you know much of black hat uh you know one thing is black hat has uh, chinese characters mm-hmm. in it and is obviously trying to make an international yes. play that it failed to make yeah eight you know a very important number in I chinese numerals oh, again so maybe they to, just stopped it there
2: not to keep going on on tangents but are there <laughs> any other major filmmaker releases that do not even hit double digits
3: that I is something I will research because I feel like that's a great question. Did silence hit double digits?
2: Yes. Like, but in like the, but not twenty. Right. right. Like, silence silence like made 17? No, no, silence
3: made seven domestics. Wow. Seven. So silence is it. silence is the one that sprung to mind where I was like, Wow. Because when you were talking to me about how Scorsese, I'm like, you don't realize how much silence frightened Paramount. Silence, like, right. That might have right.
1: been I forgot about silence, it wasn't but that like, might have been him running I don't think his it cost checkbook. As that much was the Black last Cat. check he
3: had. Right. It was but, like
1: forty, right?
3: yeah something like that right. but it was the movie he tried to make for 30 years he finally right. got them to write the check after Wolf of Wall Street Seven. and then they and were, like, were like see no the monk gusta. movie that's really long and and sadly made no money yeah and he was like oh yeah jeez I guess it did huh well alright anyway uh, can, I'm You're gonna like hire that, a that, she- that <laughs> pain tolerance movie <laughs> imagine a bullet is the I in various names as it comes sometimes towards sometimes it's you. an O <laughs> alright 1980 December 16th 1983 okay Number one at the box office, $10 million in its second week, is the fourth in a franchise. Very unusual in the 80s, I feel like. Give me me the year again. 1983.
1: Is it Star Trek 4? No. Is it a horror franchise?
3: No. Is it Superman 4? No. Mm. I'm having fun. Is it a police academy? No, but the first word is good.
1: Police.
2: First word is good. It's
1: a police movie. It's a police movie, and there are four of them. There's four of them. Like I don't know. And this is number four. This is the fourth. Wait, is police in the title or is it a cop movie? It's a cop movie. It's a Dirty Harry. It's a Dirty Harry. Oh, but which is it? The Enforcer. No. Deadpool. No. That's the Aren't these fifth all Dirty Harry movie. The right.
3: Enforcer is third. Deadpool is fifth.
1: So what's the one? Let's in name all five at this point. What's the one
3: that we're missing? <laughs> it's the one directed by Clint Eastwood. As far as I know, the only one that he directed.
1: Ben that's not helpful with Ben Is doing. punching himself in the face and then acting surprised. This is the one where he says go ahead make my day. Which everyone
3: assumes is in the Sudden verse. Sudden
1: impact? One, correct. That was helpful? No it wasn't. I didn't get it because of that. <laughs> I just r- went through the, the movie Ben was
3: f- like, trying to tease his like He was punching himself punch. in the face and
1: looking surprised that it had. <laughs> Surprising happened. Sudden impact.
2: You'll do you dirty, you'll comment. do dirty harry on Patreon, right? Mm,
3: let's do it. Yeah. One of them is so,
1: like, nakedly sexist that it would probably be, like,
2: a uh, very fun to And talk the last over.
1: one is the one with uh, Jim Carrey as a rock star, right? Yeah, and Deadpool's in it. Yeah, right. Right? right. And he knows he's in it. He
3: knows he's in it. Right. Uh, so, Sudden Impact. Come on, that's a good first movie in the box office game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, guys. Wait,
2: what number yeah, is The we're Keep? We're
1: excited, yeah.
3: The Keep is uh, number uh, 14.
1: Okay. Yeah. Right. Strong, yeah,
3: strong did, opening. Didn't open strong. strong. Opening. Uh, sudden Impact, which grows 67 Wow, uh, which adjusted is uh, is one hundred eighty seven. You know, wow. huge, huge movie, big franchise, uh, big franchise. Number two is a movie we've discussed on this
1: podcast. On this podcast, yep. it has been covered, mm-hmm. and the year is nineteen eighty three. Eighty three, and its final total is one zero eight. Its final total is one. It's only
3: four weeks into release, and it's made twenty one. It's
1: only four weeks into release, and it's twenty one. So it's not a Cameron. No, it is not. Shyamalan? No. It's not Shyamalan? Brooks? No. He
3: was like a child. It is a Brooks. Is it, it is a Brooks yeah.
2: It's terms of endearment?
3: Terms of endearment.
2: Oh, oh wow. But well, broadcasting broadcast is 85? 87. 87. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Terms of endearment.
1: Terms of endearment. So you've right. done the Massive keep. hit.
2: You've, you've been keep adjacent yeah. before.
1: We
3: have. What a that's time to true. be
2: alive.
1: I'm so yeah. happy to have been born at this time. In terms of endearment, the second highest grossing film of its year behind Return of the Jedi. I believe that's correct. Yes. I can just that. ahead of the keep. Just, just a just
3: squeeze in your head head. Of the head. That's right. Uh, yeah, the only other movie in 83 to cross 100. Wow. Number three is a movie I've never heard of. Oh, I have heard of this. Okay, so this is one of those things where it's like, you know that movie with those famous people in it? They're in another movie together that doesn't have anything to do
1: with the first movie, but they're in a movie together. Interesting. Mm. It's, uh, the, they're together again. It's yeah, it's kind
3: of a Runaway Bride situation, but less famous. Is it Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn?
1: No. Interesting. Was not the follow-up to Foul Play? Okay, let me think. How, how iconic are these two people? And how together? much earlier was the first movie?
2: Seven years earlier. 76, I think, the first movie. Is it a man and a woman? A man and a woman. Is it the main event?
3: It's not the main event. What is
2: that? It's a boxing comedy with Ryan O'Neill and Barbara Streisand. Streisand. Oh right. Yeah. God, no. After What's Up, Doc?
3: Yeah. Um it's the uh huh. what can
1: I clue you in about this? Uh it's how iconic is the first time they were together? Insanely. Insanely iconic. This movie I've never heard of. But But the first one is like huge. Y- yeah. Seventy-five? Seventy-six, I think. Seventy-six. They really, they really popped. Yeah. No, oh, I'm sorry. The first
3: one is 78. I had that wrong. I'm really sorry.
1: Popped. So it's five Huge years apology later. They for me. really popped.
3: Um, I'll tell you that Charles Derning, Scatman Crothers, Beatrice Strait, and C- C- Castulo Guerrera are prominent uh, supporting players. And
1: that's like one of the hottest supporting casts you could have gotten in 1983. <laughs> Those names just spell box
3: office. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie has a religious component, and those four play angels. I keep telling you things because I'm sure you don't know what this movie is, and as I explain it, it just sounds crazier. You
1: know, Charles Durning is like one of my five favorite actors. Well, eventually, what? just Durn, say me, the first yeah. movie,
3: Durning down the house. Yeah, Dirty okay, uh, down the house. I'll say the first movie eventually, right? And even then, you probably won't know it. This is very exciting. Um, yeah. it's about, I love this. I'm era just trying of box to guess the way. first. This movie is my favorite. Movie. This is and why I'm
2: always. This is, I mean, this is why I think like this is the primo box office because there's just so many mysteries in here yeah. and you have no firsthand memory of right, any of so, it. Right.
3: So the premise of this movie is that four angels have been in charge of heaven for 25 years. My God. And they're derning, durning, straight cruthers, cruthers? <laughs> <laughs> and some guy, uh, C- C- Castulo Guerrero. He's the one okay. I don't know, but um, they've been in charge of heaven for 25 years. They're playing golf and then God voiced by Gene Hackman. What?
2: Sounds like David's having a stroke. <laughs> yeah. Interrupts
3: being like I What's I was getting up? marble mouth. I've been happens, in but... I have been out of the office for twenty five years. Earth seems bad. I will flood it again. So Hackman comes in as God and is like, you guys have not been doing a good job of Earth. Do you know this or are you reading I'm this? I'm reading this. Okay. I've never heard of this movie. Okay. I just, I read this because I, I was first just going off the stars, but then I read the plot and I was like, whoa, so hang on So we a haven't second. even
2: gotten to the two big <laughs> no, stars. exactly. Of, okay. Exactly.
3: God's like, I'm flooding Earth. You guys have fucked it up. Did this and,
2: open this week?
3: Uh, or is this like? Let's around? find out. Yes, it opened this week. It's the big opening oh, this week. Okay, seventy. And yeah. and he, the the angels are like, wait a second, don't flood Earth. What if we find a guy who's no good, and we can persuade him to like reform and be a good guy? Will that like prove to you that like mankind so is worth not the being destroyed? How on is these... this movie
2: not remade in the late nineties? <laughs> yeah, right. And so they select a guy, the the
3: lead yeah. actor, who's going to rob a bank, and. He points his gun at the bank teller, who's the lady, and, um, and then, like, the moral, like, sort of play begins. What the
1: fuck? 78. What wins Best Picture in 78.
3: Uh, what wins best picture in 78? Let's find
1: out. Because I'm not going to guess this movie. Not but that I Ben's guess
2: not talking the, about his ideas anymore. He's I'm, looks like he was. I'm next going to again.
3: give you this is one of the great box office games yeah, of all time. It's unbelievable. Uh, I'm next going to give you the movie. The winner in 1978 is uh, The Deer Hunter. The so movie, this movie
2: stars De Niro and Meryl Streep as yeah. well.
3: The movie this is drafting off of, and it was nominated for five this Razzies.
1: This stars Christopher Walken and a gun. Five. It's, ra- the, it's the long overdue reteaming of Here. the iconic duo, Christopher Walken and a pistol. It's weird. Oh, ben looks I like he's reaching. I just found out
3: more information about this movie. Okay, five Razzies nomination.
2: Okay. This one that you're talking about This now. one Not that you are talking one. about right
3: now, yes. Okay. It had a platinum selling soundtrack with three hit singles for the female lead. One of which was a song written by Journey that they passed off to her because they were like, forget it.
1: Is the movie a musical or did she just sing on the soundtrack?
3: That.
2: Okay. So Is she
3: known as a singer? Yes.
2: Is it Streisand? No. Is it Cher?
3: No. It's someone you'd never remember. And then you'd be like, oh, right. That person was a huge deal.
2: That person
1: was a huge... Is Olivia Newton-John?
3: Olivia Newton-John. And John Travolta? And John Travolta. And the movie is... And the movie is called... It's directed by John Hertzfeld, who went
1: on to make like uh, Two Days in the Valley and uh, 15 Minutes. uh, Moment by Moment is the Lily Tomlin John Travolta one, right? Yep. And then Perfect is John Travolta. Here, I'll give you another clue for the
3: title. The title is also used for a sitcom that I used to watch that ran for one season.
2: The Single Guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, uh, a secret Diary of Desmond Fife. <laughs> Andy Richter controls the universe. Well, homeboys in outer space. Shasta
2: Mcnasty. <laughs> I mean, come on. I Wait, like that I'm you're joining in. us. Up. We have so many more UPN shows at the ready. <laughs> David's taking guesses. <laughs>
3: uh, no, like it's a very anonymous title. Uh, it Platypus also has, Man. It has nothing to do with the Richard premise. Richard Platypus Man. It what? took a twist of fate to make them blank the title. Fall in Love? I mean, that would be a weird
1: title for a movie. But yeah, but that's, but that's kind of the sentiment. Can I give you the title? Please. Can we give up? Yeah, we're not, we're, dude, we are we're don't know this movie. Two of a Kind. I did know that
3: title. <laughs> I love it when you two dudes out, you do know it. There they are. They're two of that's a kind. That's why I was going like ah, moment by moment. You I was see like, What's this the-? poster, you don't think like, oh. oh yeah, that's about like four angels <laughs> arguing with Gene Hackman as God over the fate a fucking of fucking
2: Bank <laughs> robber? Wow. The okay. fuck is it? <laughs>
3: What a what a wow. what a great that was well, one of the greatest things that's ever happened on this podcast. All right. Okay,
1: don't worry, Ben. We only have two more
2: movies to guess. <laughs>
1: Number
3: four is a De Palma movie.
2: Eighty. Wait, three. I, I'm blanking on what year we're in. All of a sudden,
1: mm-hmm.
2: eighty-three. I've got three hours of sleep. Uh, a well, this right is down. this is embarrassing. Uh, Scarface is eighty. It's not. It's, Body doubles eighty. No, it's Scarface. <laughs> Scarface is oh, eighty-three. Well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got What's it. What's eighty?
3: I don't know. A Blowout.
2: Never. Mind. Yeah, Answer's blowout yeah. is yeah. Okay, either
3: okay. seventy-nine or eighty. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. mackerel. Blowout's 81. Dressed to Kill is Ah. Mm. eighty. Number five Mm -hmm. is a film that I have heard of, but I need to look up what it is. All right. It stars... Oh, fuck. I think we've talked about this movie before. Jesus. When would we have talked about it? Um, It stars uh, Gene Hackman. Okay. As the voice of God. It's it's an action
1: movie. It's called Three of a Kind. It's (laughs)
3: Uh, it's like a Marine uh, trying to rescue his son from, like, the Vietnam War. It's like an action movie from the 80s that I don't really know, but I know, like, anyone who was alive in 1983 probably saw this movie, yes.
1: Is it called Sudden Impact? No. Mm. Does it have a title, like, Without Limits? Kind of,
3: yeah. It has a title that,
1: like, means a thing. No exceptions. (laughs) No reservations.
2: Extreme
3: measures.
1: (laughs) Diplomatic immunity.
3: Um... What else can I tell you about this Out movie? It was a, a Patrick Swayze's in it. Swayze? Tex Cobb is in it. Tex Cobb. Huh? Fred Ward. Ward? God, I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Jane Caximeric. Jane Caximeric. Okay. However you say her name. Yeah. Heck
4: man.
1: I don't
3: know. It's
4: got like a real like military Very, yes. ter- like uh, term or word in the title. D-
1: dishonorably discharged? It, you're not that far away. I'm close. Yeah. With honors.
4: Again What's another word for honor? Right. On the battlefield. Or Distinction? bravery.
3: What's another word for bravery? Courage. Keep going. It's more this or man, more a little more ornate than that. He had you valor. Know. Valor. Is it just it's called the Valor? Second word of the title. Stolen Valor? No. Uncommon Valor. Uncommon oh, Valor. Yes. I've we have talked about this movie in yeah, an episode. I don't remember why. Blankies tell me which, because I don't remember yeah, which.
2: I don't know. Do, do so, your work. So this was what else is in the box office? What's six through ten?
3: We got a re-release of The Rescuers. Mm. Uh the mouse movie. Priming the Pump for Down Under. That's right. We've got Yentel.
1: Who hear doesn't me. love Yentl? What a time to be alive. We've got John me. Carpenter's Christine. Ben has taken off his headphones. He is. Walking out of the studio to pee. Okay, we have. Uh,
3: Christine, which we're probably going to have to discuss on this podcast. I'm just assuming Carpenter's winning.
1: It looks like uh, the Hoss Hogs have assembled.
3: Um, Silkwood mm. came out this week. What a time to be alive. Wow. Rocky Park came out this week. The remake of To Be or Not To Be came out this
2: week.
1: No, oh, man. The Man Who Loved Women came out this week. So Durning's blown up the box office right
2: now. He's remember got two films in the top remember ten. Remember when they just didn't care when movies got released? <laughs> You're right. Yeah.
3: I don't know. They'll make money at some point. When the
2: notion of releasing all these movies two weeks before Christmas made perfect sense. It's right the th- thing, they were right. Only now, like, if you right. looked
3: at a Christmas box office, it would all be family movies, right. superhero movies, and Oscar movies. Right. And this Wait is a just minute. a bunch of shit. Silkwood
2: also Paramount? Silkwood
3: is Fox. Fox. As
2: Paramount wasn't like, we've got this great catastrophe movie. Yeah. And this great Nazi Jewish movie. horror
3: film. Yeah, yeah the uh, uncommon valor is a Paramount. I'll tell you wow. that much. As is terms of endearment. Yeah, Paramount's they feeling
2: to, fine. They, they got used
3: term. to make
1: so many movies, and they would just release them because they just release them when matter. they were finished. Right, <laughs> right. done. It's, like, it's done. Okay, right. put it up. Right, Let, yeah. Call my guy at the theater. Time to make the donuts. Like, right, roll yeah. them out, and you yeah. sell them until you're done, and you close up shop. Yeah,
3: yeah. You could release like eight valor movies in a weekend, probably. Right.
2: But this is just like. It's just, I mean, the box office speaks to like just how bananas and diverse this whole time period was allowed to be. Mainstream filmmaking used to be. And this is why I don't understand. People say the 80s are not a great decade. It's just like there's such a diversity of of options. Yeah. The next
3: week, there's no new movies (laughs) the next week. That's the other thing. The next week, there's no new movies. no new movies. Don't release one. Who needs one?
2: It's only December 20th. Don't release any movies. Yeah. Christmas time, no one goes to the
3: movies. That is actually wild. A new movie is not released until January 1984 when Hot Dog the movie comes out. That's
1: insane. And January 25th <laughs> is like the most coveted of release dates now.
3: Uh, 100%. Right.
1: I'm trying... January 25th? To, uh, sorry, December 25th. January 25th, the second most coveted that, release that date. That's that black hat slot? Yeah, that's that classic Season of the Witch slot.
3: I'm trying to find like the movie that we saw to discuss Uncommon Valor but I can't because it had
1: already it must have been Terms of Endearment right
3: yeah maybe. is that possible yeah maybe it is Terms of Endearment
1: it must have been that
3: I'm tying myself in knot don't, don't knots
1: bother here. yourself David it must have been that I feel like we could be ending right <sighs> now except Ben's not here I know that's the problem we literally don't know how to end the show we uh, lack the so, okay Ben's re-entered oh, thank god he's back Ben okay. I was just saying we could have ended but you uh, you had left but unfortunately when you were gone we started a new conversational it's loop up.
2: Oh how was it? What I have a I have a request because obviously uh, we've pushed this pretty far because we're having fun. Can you make this episode one minute longer than the Taking Woodstock episode? <laughs>
4: <laughs> how long is that? Let's was, like, find out. Round. I think we
2: actually
3: are right around there right
2: that now is because insane. I don't know how long
3: these ads will be, but like oh I'm, yeah, no actually, you know what? The ads are going to be over. So you know what? Let's end it now. Yeah, because here, I, uh, Taking Woodstock running time. Let's find out. I'm loading the episode right now. 2.34. We are at 2.37. Oh, wow. Okay. So we did it. We're
2: okay. at 2.37 now? Correct. So I feel like people don't know this, but there was at one point in this episode a 10-minute conversation about bones, which been cut out. <laughs>
1: um, uh,
2: Alex, thank you for being here. Thank you for having you me You did
3: back. it. So I tired. honestly didn't know what you were going to do yeah. with the keep, but you did it.
2: It's worth talking about. No, of course it, it is. is. Yeah, I just—if this movie were made by a lesser filmmaker, it would be one of the most irrelevant movies of all time. <laughs> and because it's made That's by a right. major filmmaker, That's it's correct. very compelling. Yeah. That is actually and it's true. in
3: between. Yeah. If someone else had made this movie, you would have been like, "That movie is just it's on one nothing." It's, but it's just like a cornmeal the where they movie. ran out of budget. Right, like, what and what it was directed by like John Smithson.
2: But we're like both. Top tier. it's just sandwiched in between. Like he knocks it out of the gate and then comes back swinging after that.
1: Knocks it out of the keep.
2: I was just trying to sell those board games.
1: Uh,
2: her smell. See
4: it
1: in theaters the if you can. Game. It feels like something I did in a I know, nightmare. I, I have to wait three days to find out if I win the the role playing game book. But I, yeah, I, her smell is probably still out Google somewhere. The
4: snowman. <laughs> well, you asked that question about uh like major directors. That oh, who I, like got to eight? Because <laughs> I just remember that movie being bad. Yeah. Um, so this is more stuff I could cut out. Sure, or leave it. Cut
1: it. No, cut it all out, and then
2: uh, put it. Snowman got to on six. <laughs> wow. Snowman's a six, and not a particularly major director. <laughs> no. no, no, that's middling. Yeah, no. Someone who people out. thought was
4: um, could be
1: right. Yeah. Um, check out her smell in theaters if it's still there. If not, on digital.
2: Somewhere it's yeah. out there somewhere. I bought it on iTunes for no money.
1: Have you gotten any uh, Christopher Robin residuals?
2: No, I think those come a year and a quarter after the release of the movie. Interesting, because I'll say I feel like it's been blowing up airplanes recently. Uh, more people have told me they've seen it on planes than yeah. seen it in theaters. It, pretty sure that uh,
3: my girlfriend rewatched it on a plane. I, I like, rewatched it on. A plane. I've sat
2: next to multiple people, strangers on planes, watching yeah. it. Sure, feel like it comes up often on the show. Love Christopher. Uh, I mean, that's where the draft day millions came
1: from—from from airplane viewing. Because the movie lost money, and then I started getting crazy residual checks. It's because, all planes, right?
3: And it said like JetBlue or whatever. Yeah, Delta. Mm, I'll um, let you know about C twenty four B. It might be
2: different. <laughs> it might be different for actors.
1: I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Look, it's a hanging uh, narrative thread to be resolved. Um, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Go to blankcheck dot uh, reddit dot com for some real nerdy
4: shit. Oh, I just had another thought. What? Um let me just think of something else to just tack on. You know. Okay, you know keep what? Going. Do you know
1: what now you're being nasty? And oh, I'm gonna say it. Now you're being oh, now you're really? being nasty and that's uncalled for. And I'm gonna be nice and I'm gonna say thanks to Andrew Gudo for social media. I'm gonna say thanks to Pat Reynolds and Joe Bone for our artwork. Thanks to Lane Montgomery for our theme song. Uh, go to uh, Patreon. There's
4: a new Vaporwave artist I just discovered. Could I, do you mind <gasps> oh if God. I just... Go to
1: Patreon for the stuff we cut out of this episode. Sure, <laughs> sure. right. Yeah, exactly. If you want to so piece together the, uh, the Keep style, yeah. fractured narrative of this episode, which right. Ben has cut down to 15 minutes. <laughs> that's, we should
3: actually do that. We should do <laughs> I that. I think that's a good bit. Yeah, a good what bit. if
1: this is our shortest episode ever? Right. Yeah. I love that.
3: It's that. shorter than the Attack of the Clones politics episode. But now now you're that like, <laughs> um. If you are so going to do that now,
1: ben, it would take
2: more work from you to make it Exactly, it and we're not backing five. down on this, and that's what Ben has to do. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. And um, uh, look for that, uh, Connery, the movies. Yeah, merch. the movies shirt available now on I, T-Public. I certainly hope. I'll be the one drinking out of that mug or using that tote oh, bag. Did I show you my new easy. phone
1: case? Oh, it's a no-bits case. A good it's a nice uh, purple no-bits case. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, soon I'll be getting myself a Demovish phone case, and we'll all be, be living in a better world. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, and as always, uh, Ben, uh, please edit this down to be our shortest episode ever.